Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. I should have stayed home and played with myself. What do you like to do? Oh, I don't know. Play chess? Screw. Well, let's play chess. The Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson. Quarterback, Florida. Richardson going to take off and run. He's in there. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. The first career touchdown. Here's Halliburton into the front court. Mishandled it, but gets a shot. Hits it. Hits it. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, let me welcome you into a Bud Light Blue Friday, and uh, it is packed. But let me tell you, it is packed in the sense that there is a great deal of energy inside the Ale Emporium off of Allisonville Road. But I will let you know this. In the Castleton Corridor, it is very easy to get here. You will find it simple to find a spot to hang out, and maybe you, when you sign up, can win a pair of tickets to the game coming up on Sunday. So we have tickets to give away for the Raiders and the Colts on this Bud Light Blue Friday. And we are inside Ale Emporium. We're actually in the back room. Tony Donahue is here with Fans Place, and he turned out the lights. So if you're watching via YouTube Live, you're looking at me in kind of a silhouette. Really, I'm looking at myself right now and coming off a couple of days of illness, I look quite sexy. Is that the term you guys would think? I mean, it's nice looking silhouette. Some Christmas decorations in the back. A little TV going on behind me right here, too. I think that's, uh, what is that, Clemson in Kentucky in the Gator Bowl? But no, plenty of room for you. And in fact, if you don't find a spot up front, then I welcome you while these seats last to hang out with us back here. But it is a great place and a great time to come and join us. And know this, you can get your hands on Ice Cold Bud Light. Maybe win some tickets, and then you can get the Hermanaki wings, which are absolutely famous while you're here at Ale Emporium in Castleton on a Bud Light Blue Friday. Again, welcome in, everybody. There's good news. Let's start with good news last night. The good news, at some point, too, James, at some point, we're going to have good news enough to where we can develop a good news sounder and just jump right into the good news for last night, because I know people want good news. You want to see winning. You want to be able to embrace that, and last night that you did, and I know that it's a Bulls game, and it was on a Thursday night or whatever, but if you watched it in its entirety, 
First of all, what stands out is the game of Tyrese Halliburton. 21 points, 20 assists, and zero turnovers, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, the first person to do that since 1985, the only person, I think, actually the second, uh, the first was Chris Paul, I believe. But absolutely incredible, the performance of Tyrese Halliburton. And he and Miles Turner got it going when they needed it. Because if you're watching... They got up 25 in the third and then gagged that entire lead to the point at the end of the third where they're down three. And with an opportunity to be down five, Miles had a great block on the defensive end. They come back down, get on the run. And then from that point on, really, if you watched it, from that point on, they started playing an up-tempo fashion in which we have been accustomed to offensively before that they kind of slogged through the third quarter scoring 22 points but slogged in terms of they were falling in love with the jumper and while I love the jumper I will always love the jumper when you fall in love with it but you're not hitting it it can be an issue you've got to find an easy basket somewhere when you're on the, the what the rough end of a 19-2 run, you've got to find an easy bucket someplace, and they couldn't. Could not find anything whatsoever. So they slogged through that third quarter, and you were kind of wondering, Halliburton goes to the bench, Miles was already off the floor, and I don't know about you if you're watching via YouTube Live right now, this is what I was doing. This is uh, me twiddling my thumbs, wondering when Rick was, was going to go ahead and go back to his guys. Because I think we had seen enough. And then, better late than never, Rick decided to, to get both Halliburton back in and to get Miles back in. And then a lead that had been lost, once again, went back up to double figures. And the Pacers ended up winning 120 to 104. It can be lost in the shuffle because it has been so easy to come on here and so right to come on here over the season so far and talk about the defense and laugh about the defense. And, you know, I, you, you really only talk about the defense when you don't have the defense, you know, especially in the NBA. If you got the offense humming, you're rarely talking about the defense, but it had been so bad so far this season that we spent a lot of time talking about the defense. And here in the last handful of games, the defense has been much better. Now, I mean, you're talking about a team last night was missing in the Bulls a lot of pieces. Don't get me wrong. But again, what you're doing, and in terms of the Colts, that's all we've talked about as well. Controlling what you can control. And that was a game last night in which the Pacers needed to do just that. That's not a game where you need to gag up a lead like you did against the Bulls earlier in the year at home and end up losing that. You did not want to be on the resume of bad Pacer losses with that game last night. And that's the great news. The great news besides the Halliburton game was the fact that they won. They get the Knicks at home coming up on Saturday. That is a good thing. And then I think they go back-to-back -back in the new year with Milwaukee. We'll see how that is. I think we've been waiting on that. But unfortunately, they go through this losing skid or this really bumpy two weeks after the in-season tournament. And we've kind of lost that edge a little bit. So hopefully the Pacers are regaining that edge, can do so coming up on Saturday. 
and then get you set for another interesting couple of meetings, the two final of the season with the Milwaukee Bucks. And especially should be more entertaining, more interesting, considering the whole game ball situation that we saw the last time those two teams met. So that's something we shall talk about a little bit later on in the show. Now, normally in this show, on a Friday, we have Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, friend of the show, on in the 5 o'clock hour. IU tips off versus Kennesaw State down in Bloomington later on tonight. That's a 6 o'clock tip. Downstairs, 93 WIBC. I got to stop saying that because now our studios are on the same floor. I've been ready, willing, and able for this special delivery right here, my brother. Happy New Year to you. The ice cold Bud Light is here. Thank you. You guys can have one. Mm. I have heard that if you have a fever blister that did kind of try to pop a little bit earlier this week, right, was created, that... Ice cold Bud Light, other alcoholic beverages can take care of it. Be that as it may, you get back to IU later on tonight against Kennesaw State. The reason why we're going to move Don on, because Don's going to be in this pregame show in the 5 o'clock hour. Again, 93 WIBC for that. IU and Kennesaw State, and Don's going to join us in a couple of minutes. So we shall look out for that. Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk, bottom of the 3 o'clock hour. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio. I, I can't remember. Are we going head-to-head with Mike at some point? Am I going head-to-head with Mike on New Year's Eve? I could not remember. I did see Mike, and, and not in the conventional sense. So this morning, Laney gets up and says, Hey, uh, me and the ball girls, the eighth-grade team down at Center Grove, we want to go watch Center Grove play. Center Grove played Jeffersonville in their own holiday tournament and, and rolled up Jeffersonville before they had their basketball workouts. And I said, okay, so we get up and we roll over there. And I saw that Brownsburg was also playing. I think the other half of the draw was Brownsburg and Warsaw. I don't know how that turned out. But all of a sudden, I get a FaceTime, the first ever FaceTime from Mike Wells. So I got the FaceTime with Mike Wells about him coming on the show. And he was actually over at Center Grove as I was leaving Center Grove. But Mike joins us coming up in the 4 o'clock hour as well. And more on the Pacers. we got the Colts in a huge game against the Raiders coming up on Sunday. And do not forget, tomorrow, Indiana State on the road at Michigan State. Not since that little game in 79 has that happened. Sycamore is off to a tremendous one-loss start. They're on the road at the Breslin Center against Michigan State. We'll talk that up a little bit later on, too. Again, Ale Emporium, Castleton, Bud Light, Blue Friday on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. When he needs moved around on the Friday schedule, we abide by the moving around on the Friday schedule. The voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher. Don, are you on the way down to Bloomington? I am, as we speak. Are you speeding? Are you presently above the speed limit, the posted speed limit? Uh... Just slightly. <laughs> slightly, I'm sure. <laughs> I am uh, I'm absolutely sure. But, hey, thanks again for popping on here. I know you have your pregame show at 5 o'clock. A couple of things I didn't want to talk about, too, and this is this Kennesaw State team that we talked about last week in terms of, you know, we saw what they, they transitioned into a year ago and a team that I think lost his coach, right, but is still yeah. – pretty strong in terms of the level in which it normally plays, correct? 
Yeah, they're nine and four at this point, John. And um, Antoine Petway is the new coach. He's an Alabama assistant, young guy, first year head coach. Got him playing pretty doggone hard. They play kind of like they did last year. They really press you um, at both ends of the floor. They're aggressive offensively, and they really go after you defensively. Uh, they got beat by North Carolina Asheville in their last ma- uh, last outing, um, which was the same time that uh, Indiana was beating up on uh, North Alabama. Uh, but it's a good basketball team, and uh, they've got two starters back. Well, actually, yeah, two starters back. Their center, DeMond Robinson, and their point guard, Terrell Burden, uh, along with a guy named Siami Hoddle, who was an off-the-bench player last year, but he is leading them in scoring this year at 16-plus points a game. So they've got some veterans on that ball club that have been around the block, and they played against Indiana last year. You know, the one thing I guess I would look for in Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, joins us. Regarding a game like this is a couple of different times this season we have noted how IU, the players, didn't look like that they were ready to get into it at the beginning, the early stages, first half of the game. If I'm Mike Woodson, and I'm assuming this has been addressed, this is something where you really do gauge because, you know, after this you start the, the bulk of the Big Ten season, but evaluating how this team starts when it's not one of those types of games, when it's a little bit earlier than normal, when there are no students on campus, when you're in the midst of a holiday weekend that is underway. I mean, I know all this should not matter to us older folks whatsoever. We expect these kids to go out and play and play at the best of their ability, but it does seem like that these types of games have been an issue for this IU team so far on the schedule. Well, John, you're right. I mean, they, they, the mid-majors that they've played this year, uh, all four of those games prior to North Alabama were a tussle, to say the least. Um, and Indiana ended up winning those games, but it was not by many. And, of course, the Moorhead State game was a one-point contest. So that woke them up a little bit, I think, because they came out against North Alabama and played very hard throughout the entire contest. In fact, Mike was able to empty his bench quite early in that one. And, and of course, he plays eight or nine guys in almost every ball game anyway. But he had the, the guys that are coming off the bench for the most part playing the last seven to eight minutes of that contest, and that's why it was only a 17-point win. But it was by far their biggest march of the victory this year, and they did play hard for all 40 minutes of that contest. And I hope that transitioned into what we're going to see against Kennesaw tonight and for the rest of the season against anybody that we play in the Big Ten. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, joins us. Um, Let's start with the positives here. Because normally it takes this amount of time to get and to understand what you have in a basketball team um, at this point of the season. What do you think on the positive side you can count on with Mike Woodson's squad at this point on the schedule in the season, Don? Well, that's what I don't know, John, because (laughs) as you know, there's been inconsistencies in, in players. There's been inconsistencies in play. Uh, their defensive play at times has been very good, and then at other times it's been really not very good at all. So I don't know what to expect. I, I, I think that this team is far enough along into the season now where they should have an idea or maybe even a personality at this point, but I'm not sure that we've seen that yet. And. I, I know that they're trying to weave all these other guys, the new faces and so on and so forth, 
and get these guys playing together and being confident with one another, that's a big part of it. Uh, but I, I don't think there's any doubt right now that we don't really know what this team is all about. And that's what we hope to see here in the next two or three, four ball games of the season because you got to know a little bit about what you have when you get to that point, especially in Big Ten play. And, and they're going to get tested right out of the box against a really much-approved Nebraska ball club on the road, and then they play a, an Ohio State team that has rebounded from a year ago, and they look like they're much, much better than they were one season past. So I, I think this we, we've got to find something that is consistent with this ball club. And I would say that the, that, that the two players that have been the most consistent in my mind individually at this point have been Malik Renew and uh, Anthony Walker off the bench. Those two guys have been real keys all season long. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, with us early on this Friday again. Kennesaw State and IU tips at 6, 93 WIBC for the pregame show, which is underway at 5. I guess you can look at this two different ways. In terms of supporting an NCAA tournament resume, there's not a great deal of teams to play off of in the Big Ten, at least so far. But on the other hand, these these other teams we're talking about, for the most part of the Big Ten, have similar issues and similar types of performances peppered throughout the schedule so far, much like IU, meaning there are a couple of teams and there's really not a lot of separation. In fact, one of those teams is going to be at a loss with their best player probably for the remainder of the season, you would have to think right now with Illinois' situation. So you look at this Big Ten schedule as it seems like for the first time in a while, you've got most of the teams on a somewhat similar plane. I agree with that. I mean, I, I, I really kind of said that at the very beginning of the season. I thought with so many transfer portal players in the Big Ten this year and what they lost from a year ago uh, on the Big Ten through the portal or through graduation and so on, that we're going to see a lot of ball clubs that are going to probably have the early pro- or early problems in the season. We've seen that Michigan State, of course, uh, being the optimal one because everybody thought Michigan State would be in the running for a Big Ten championship this year, and they've kind of floundered around except for the last a week or so, week and a half, two weeks, uh, when they finally kind of got back on track again. So, honestly, uh, what we can expect of the Big Ten this year, I have no idea. I don't think the league is as good as it has been, probably because of all this transitioning that we've seen. Uh, but at the same time, uh, somebody could really explode at this point. I mean, Purdue is without question the one team that you can guarantee they're going to be in the hunt all season long and probably should be, if not the prohibitive favorite, they should be certainly a favorite to be one of the teams who wins the Big Ten title. But at the same time, there are other teams that we've seen you know, points in this season where they've really played well. You point out Illinois, and they've been a really good ball club, but Darren Shannon now obviously is in trouble, and uh, that hurts them dramatically. And how long, if at all he comes back, we'll have to wait and see. But that could affect them pretty uh, pretty dramatically as far as the way they go the rest of this campaign. But I, at, at this juncture, John, I don't know that we can predict, other than Purdue, if we can predict yeah. what we're going to see in the Big Ten this year. No, hey, Don, I absolutely agree with you on this because you have Purdue, as you pointed out, and then everybody else, I mean, you may have a different set of flaws, 
but they all equate to the same. I mean, there's a great deal of winnability on that schedule, night in and night out, but also from top to bottom, there's a great deal of losability if you don't bring it. And that's what Mike Woodson's got to find a consistency, I think, at the start of games and when things really start to go slow. And I don't know if that's, you know, one guy leadership-wise. I don't know if that's Mike. I, maybe it's just somebody going out there and getting a couple of buckets when they desperately need it. But it seems like that they need more of a common denominator right now in that capacity when things are going bad. And it doesn't seem like that they, they've really found that. I don't know if that's Xavier Johnson when he returns or anybody else. But that is something I think they desperately need in those bad times. Yeah, I do too. And, and – John, the whole point is the, the lack of consistency in almost any area you look at this basketball team in right now has just been lacking in that department. It, the consistency level that they play with, from a uh, you know from an intensity standpoint, uh, do they? I mean, obviously the Kansas ball game they played their butts off, and and they certainly did against. Uh, uh, North Alabama. Uh, they did it against a couple of other ball clubs too earlier in the year. But and Louisville was a game that they I thought they played hard the entire route. But there were also games where you just couldn't figure out what the heck they were doing. The Morehead State game being the most recent. So I don't think they have a personality yet. I, I think one of the real keys to this ball club being good this year in the Big Ten is for Khalil Ware to step up. Uh, he certainly has not played up to his capabilities the last couple of ball games. Uh, he, obviously, he didn't play as many minutes in the game against um, uh, North Alabama, but because they didn't need him to. But he hasn't put numbers on the board like he was doing earlier this campaign, and I'm I'm concerned about that a little bit because, and, and I hate to bring this up because it's history, uh, but it's yeah. history that we know about, and that was what he did at Oregon. He was. Uh, you know, dynamite in the early part of the season, and then he kind of went away, and he was not even starting as they got into conference play last year in the Pac-12. So right now, I, we need to get Khalil Ware going, and I think he's going to be a really important piece to, if this team is going to have success. No, and you know what? And I know that's something that Mike Woodson doesn't want to talk about, that history, because that history is. But you're you're accurate. That's what you have to go on, and that's – that's been his resume so far. So to prove that differently would be, you know, understandably doing that tonight. And then once you get into the, again, the bulk of the Big Ten season, because that's the resume that we're going on for him to this point. That's understandable. Yeah, absolutely. And and the other thing is that they do need to get Xavier Johnson back. And, and yeah. I don't I don't know if he'll play tonight. I don't know if he's been, I know he's been on the floor. I don't know if he's had any contact or anything like that. They may just wait until our first Big Ten game to get him back out there and playing some significant minutes. Uh, but I, I don't know whether he'll play at all tonight. We'll find out when we get down to Bloomington later today. I'll tell you, Don, the, the big key in moving forward, it's, it's going to be even more magnified in, in basketball, really in all of sports, the way things are in, in college athletics now. But continuity, continuity, and whether or not you find it in time to, to do something with it, to make something out of it. And a lot of these teams, you know, I'm watching Florida Atlantic. I mean, Florida Atlantic's going to lose to Bryant, going to lose to Illinois. But watching that double overtime win over Arizona and Vegas, the thing that I kept thinking of was 
you know, that is a team that you go eight and nine, ten deep of guys that have been involved in that program. And there is such great continuity right there for them. Houston and Kelvin Sampson, great continuity right there. The Boilermakers at number one, great continuity. And oftentimes, especially in the first half of the season, that is what is going to be the overriding factor of the reason why you're playing so well, because you have it and others have yet to develop it. You know, I talked to Dusty May this summer uh, two or three times. We've been good friends ever since he was a manager at IU. And and Dusty told me about his a little bit about his team last year. And he was so he, he was so jazzed about the players that he had because he said these kids have bought into our system and they love what they're doing. They absolutely have a passion for playing basketball. And for whatever reason, these days, we see a lot of players that don't seem to have that kind of passion. We, we, you got guys that, that play the game, I guess, because they're good enough to play it, but I don't know if they love it and really have that passion for it. And that's why his team was so successful last year, the passion they played with and how much they wanted yep. it. And right now, I just don't – I mean, I'm not saying that Indiana doesn't have that. But I don't see it. I don't see it like I do in a team like that or like the team she brought up. Don, then there are so many other factors. And, and believe me, these college athletes always have had something going on. I mean, going back to, to my era, you know, the era prior to me, there's always been something going on, but not to the level in which that can take your attention away from what really matters. I mean, you're just getting peppered, and it takes it takes some focus. The Don, I can tell you, there's no way in hell I could deal with any of this stuff if you were to throw me back in high school or college or high school right now. Absolutely no way. I would have zero focus whatsoever, and I think we are living in a world of that, especially in athletics on that level. There's way too much coming at most of these and those that are able to focus and compartmentalize, you know, separate it for the better are the ones most of the time they're going to end up winning things like this. You're right. And social media is a big part of that. I think AAU basketball is a big part of that, uh, a big part of it, because, you know, in AAU basketball, these guys play all summer long with these AAU teams. And if they get beat, it doesn't matter because they got another game coming up two hours or three hours later in the day. I mean, it's amazing to me how many games are played in AAU basketball through a summertime and how many times they play on a weekend and that kind of thing. It's just crazy in that sense. And I think it takes away from the passion to some degree and certainly it takes away from the emphasis on winning because they know if they lose, there's still going to be another game to play. And so they're, they're basically playing a tournament every weekend wherever they go with their AAU teams. And again, it takes away that importance of winning the game itself. You brought up Dusty May, too, and Don Fisher's with us quick in, in closing. So over the weekend, my, my mom's having problems down in Greene County with stray dogs running up to her house and wanting to stay right out in the woods. Um, that's a big problem. And part of the problem is her ass feeds them. So, there's, you know, there's not really too much reason why they're wanting to hang around. But I was wanting to – I sent a text to a friend down there uh, that happens to be uh, – I think he is the – the uh, husband of the sister of Dusty's wife, and his name is Dustin Hayes. And I was gonna—I sent him a text saying, "Hey, is there something we can do about these dogs?" 
And then I get a text back from Dusty May saying, I don't know what I can do about these dogs down here, but I'm sure to help. So I actually sent the dog text to Dusty May instead of Dustin Hayes. So it's good. <laughs> Dusty, Dusty said, we just got through two overtimes against Arizona, but I'm here to help. I'm here to help. So <laughs> that's, Dusty, that's Dusty all over the ballpark. He's probably slapping his rear end off. Oh, man. Anyway, hey, have a great call. 93 WIBC, five for the pregame, six for the coverage. Don and Eric and John from Assembly Hall in Bloomington, Kennesaw State, and IU. Again, 93 WIBC coming up later on this afternoon. Don, it is a pleasure. Happy New Year. And if you're at home for New Year's Eve, B105.7, the all-request JMV takeover, call in, and I'll play one of your favorite 70 songs, okay? All right, man. I, I may do that. I'll be waiting on it, too. I'll give you priority. I'll give you request line priority you're Sunday night. To, you're going to have to text me your phone number to do that. <laughs> I'll do that. You know I'll do that. Have a great call, Don. Appreciate you. <laughs> Thanks, John. See you, buddy. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. Yeah, so Dustin Hayes lives next to my mom up the, the gravel road. He's got a lot of property up there. And I, I, I sent the dog comment. So I thought to him, and I ended up sending it to Dusty May after they won in double overtime out in Vegas over Arizona. But uh, that's, that's how our GCers all live right there. And by the way, I still have no, no solution to the dog problem. Now, I have brought up the fact, James, that it maybe if you stop putting food out for them, They'll go away. It's like the Andy Griffith episode. Dogs, dogs, dogs. If you've seen that, if you're old enough to have seen that. And I've, I've expressed to my mom, you know, maybe if you don't feed them and all she does is yell at me and I go, okay. Yeah, obviously that's not the reason why. So it's up to me to find a solution to the dog issue down in Greene County. Good luck with that one. Quick break. We'll come back. Jam-packed we are at Ale Emporium and Castleton, but we do have plenty of room for you. Raiders Colts tickets to give away on a Bud Light Blue Friday. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio coming up. Raiders Colts conversation for sure. Pacers recall from last night and a busy weekend in college athletics all the way around. We'll get to all that and then some. Happy holidays to you. Happy New Year to you as well. I'd love to see you at the Ale Emporium. Ice cold Bud Light for you on the way with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Thank you for your support. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. And Manny is here right now. Great to see you, Manny. All right, Manny. Thank you, brother. Have a great New Year. Manny is here with us right now. Plenty of room for you to be here, too. We're in the back room at Ale Emporium. The Ale is packed right now on a Bud Light Blue Friday, but, I mean, hell, we have plenty of room for you still. Come on back. Thank you very much for that reentry. The JMV Takeover is also back. That's coming up on Sunday night. That's New Year's Eve, 6 until question mark. It's one of those nights that I don't know how long we're going to go here. I don't know if we're going to go until a little bit after midnight or through one or even later than that, but the JMV takeover is back coming up on Sunday night. New Year's Eve, all requests, JMV takeover on B105. 
5.7. Bud Light Blue Friday against the Ale Emporium in Castleton off of Allisonville Road. We've got a Bud Light Blue Friday with the Raiders Colts tickets to give away. We'll talk about that coming up in a minute. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pipeline, of course, you're going to hear him tonight, tomorrow night. Final couple of shows for the year 2023 on Indiana Sports Talk with our friend Bob Lovell. Hello, Bob. How are you? I'm great, John. How are you? I was out at, they have a myriad of these holiday tournaments in high school basketball, whether it's the girls or the boys right now. I know, for example, at the Toby Yoho Memorial Gymnasium down in Eastern Heights, Indiana, in Greene County, Eastern Greene is hosting Martinsville, one of the teams down there. I was actually at Center Grove. I saw the Center Grove girls of Kevin Stuckmeyer and company versus Jeffersonville a little bit earlier today. So I I did take in. Then Mike Wells' Brownsburg team played after that. I think they played Warsaw, and I didn't stay for that. But uh, I did uh, see the first one. And uh, there's no doubt the Trojans of Center Grove, that is a very good basketball team on the girls' side of things this season. One loss, and they look legit. Uh, They are legit. They've been legit for a long time, as as you know. And uh, they're they're a team that – you know, they really don't have too many weaknesses, to be honest. Uh, great experience, uh, very talented program. We expected clearly high expectations for them to make a deep run in the tournament this year. Yeah, no, they, uh, they, they're pretty deep. Can shoot it. They have a girl. Uh-huh. I'm trying to think. I can't remember. Uh, her name was maybe Emma or something like that. She could shoot. It reminded me of me a little bit right there. Stroking to three. Come on now. Uh, Always open. Looked really good. So, yeah. No, it was fun. And I'll tell you what, Bob. There's something to be said. This time of year is pretty awesome because there is is so much going on. And that's one of the aspects of it. I mean, we're, we're pulled because some people still have to work, but you may have to take off and go to a midday game where, you know, right. you can watch, you know, somebody in your family or friends of the family play at the high school level in one of these holiday tournaments. Pretty cool this time of year. It is. Uh, some of us are retired and kind of go where we want and do what we want. Exactly. Uh, others get paid to go to these games. Greg, Greg Strong and I did the IEPUI. Uh, University of Detroit Mercy game today. And then I worked with the ISC last night at the North Central Tournament for the boys. And they have a boys and girls uh, tournament at North Central. And so the Paul Logan Memorial Tournament was uh, was fun and got to see Park Tudor with a win, got to see Lake Central out of the northwestern part of the state uh, play last night. And so, as you pointed out, you can literally go anywhere in the state. And, John, it's just not basketball. It's wrestling and swimming uh but you know we obviously tend to gravitate toward the basketball part of it but uh you can see different teams from out of your area teams you haven't seen uh before it's great for the coaches and the players to to get out play some different styles some teams you'd never really see in your tournament action and go uh, find out a little bit more about your teams it's uh, Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk, tonight, tomorrow night. You can catch him with all the reaction with, again, everything that's going on. Gator Bowl won by Clemson over Kentucky in a final couple of seconds. Touchdown was the difference right there. And Notre Dame and Oregon State in the Sun Bowl at the half with the Irish up 14 nothing In that matchup with the Beavs, um, Indiana State tomorrow on the road Right. At Michigan State, the first time these two teams have met since 1979. And obviously, that championship game won by Magic Johnson and the Spartans over Larry Bird and the Sycamores. 
Um, yeah, that, that's a great story. But this is more about a story in the building, the rebuilding, if you will, of a team in Terre Haute. One loss right now against a team in Michigan State. I think they're 7-4, seven 7-5, and four, seven and five, so not a great start for them. But still, Michigan State and the Breslin Center. This is one of those, if you're able to win it, is kind of announcing your presence in a national scope if you're Josh Schertz and the Sycamores coming up tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, it's a great point. I, th- I think it is. And I think, uh, obviously, uh, you're very connected to them. Uh, but those of us in the state recognize the tremendous job that Josh Schertz and his Sycamores are doing. Listen, the turnaround they made and the amount of time that they've done it is amazing. I mean, no other word comes to my mind. That's just amazing how they've done it. Uh, and, and Robbie Avila may not uh, – may he, he is a, a force. He's just a hard matchup. Uh, it's a great story. It's fun to watch. Uh, and, and there's so much going on with this Sycamore team. Um, but a win tonight would, would be an emphatic, uh, I think, a, an exclamation point on where they are right now in terms of the rebuild. No, I, I agree, too. And, you know, you got – good to see you, man. Thanks for coming back. You know, you got some some local names, local guys, certainly. But, but really, there's not a great deal of notice – you know, even with the one loss so far, until you do something like that. And that's just kind of the way college basketball is, has been, and it's even more emphasized right now. It's one of those situations where, you know, if you go up there and they end up losing, you know, all of a sudden you know, that, that whole buzz dies down and, and maybe you lose sight of it. But, again, I'm not trying to compare the two in what Florida Atlantic did last year, but, mm-hmm. but two on a, a similar – a similar plane, for example, uh, with what we saw in Florida Atlantic, you know, last year and what they were trying to build and the type of hype they were trying to get to a team like Indiana State. It was Florida Atlantic that kind of made that major move at about this time going into January last year. And again, I'm not suggesting there's any comparison to be made here other than the fact you get a level of notoriety that you would not ordinarily get, which, Bob, it's important to teams in schools like Indiana State. So there's a lot of reasons this game is magnified in level of importance, not just your average late December Mm -hmm. matchup between a Missouri Valley Conference school and a Big Ten school tomorrow. Well, no, you're right. I think I would caution everybody and and you, look, it's one of of 30 games, uh, and it's important. There's no question. But, you know, a, a, a loss... Um, it doesn't hurt you in a, in a sense that you're not in conference play. I have no doubt that uh, Indiana State has a great chance to, to win the Valley this year, uh, even get an at-large in the uh, NCAA tournament. I think they're a tournament-type team. I wouldn't want to play them. And so I think this is just an indication of what's to come for Indiana State. And I think people, if they're not excited and don't have them on the radar screen, they need to because they're legit. They can play you. They can defend you. They can score anywhere on the court. Uh, they have a bunch of guys who can all put it on the floor and handle it and pass it, catch it, and shoot it. That's why they've only lost one ball game because they're really hard to match up with. Well, and until further notice, all that matters for them is going to be Arch Madness Absolutely. because that is Absolutely. a one-bid NCAA tournament league, and I'm not suggesting that all of a sudden it's multi-bit if Indiana State wins tomorrow because yeah, they already have nearly a 20-point loss against Alabama earlier this season. 
But in, in terms of, of importance, again, and the type of reception you get with it compared to without it, which is necessary for a team like Indiana State, a program like Indiana State, it is magnified. There's no question about that tomorrow in East Lansing. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I think you're, you're exactly right. And, and I, I recognize that uh, Michigan State off to a little slower start than they, than they anticipated. Sure. Listen, um, th- this will be a good ball game. I know um, Michigan State's going to have to elevate their play. What concerns you, though, when you play a team of the Big Ten, you play a Tom Izzo team, is the level of physicality, and you have to match that from the opening tip, or it's going to be a long day for you. No doubt about that. All right, what else are you keeping track of coming up this weekend on any of sports talk? I mentioned all the high school stuff, both boys and girls going on, collegiately speaking as well. Obviously, you always talk about the Pacers. You'll talk about the Colts coming up on Sunday. What are you keeping track of beginning tonight on Indiana Sports Talk, Bob? It's a basketball night, John. You've got girls and boys basketball literally all over the state in all of these uh, one-day affairs, uh, tournaments, the kinds of things that are going on. And, you know, it's your your holiday season. You'll wrap it up, and then you start to get into county tournaments and those kinds of things. So this is a time of year where you start to get into tournament basketball. And listen, before we know it, you're going to be playing uh, for a girls championship. You know, the pairing show comes up uh, sooner than we anticipate uh, and sooner than we're ready for, to be honest. And it doesn't seem like we're that far into it, but we really are at a point where, you know, you're about midway on the girls' side and the boys' side uh, clearly about maybe a third of the way through. And so, some great stories all over, but it's an important time, an important weekend for everyone because uh, you're going to turn your attention to uh, January, which means everyone needs to start thinking about tournaments around our state. Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk, if you're looking for a high school score, girls, boys, later on tonight, whatever's going on in college, keep a track of Kennesaw State and IU. Keep a track of the boilers later on tonight as well. If you're doing any of that, you know, lock that into Bob Lovell and Indiana Sports Talk both tonight and tomorrow night. Network Indiana affiliates around the state. And Bob's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group. Paul, and as always, brought to you by every Friday, your 14th Central Indiana Joe Childers run. CarX locations. Maintain road readiness this winter. CarX.com for that location nearest you. Happy holidays to you. Have a great new Thank year. You. Great couple of shows day in 2023 and uh we'll, we'll touch you up on that first friday of 2024 next friday to I'll see where forward. we are i'll look forward to you it, got it buddy. thanks have a great new year bob lovell of indiana sports talk on the andy moore automotive group hotline all right coming up colt's got some good news today colt's got some good news Michael Pittman Jr. cleared concussion protocol, ready to play. That's according to Shane Steichen. And I know what transpired last week, but that according to the Colts head coach. Braden Smith practiced good today. It's again from Shane Steichen. And uh, one of his famous quotes would be, see how it goes. So we'll see how that goes for Braden Smith at right tackle, which is a big deal on Sunday, opposite of Max Crosby a lot of the time, and the Raiders. Now, Zach Moss, forearm, ruled out. So, Zach Moss, non-participant on Sunday, but you got a lot of good news right there. 
and especially with, I know it's going to be more than just Michael Pittman Jr., but it was clear one of the big reasons as to why the Colts, most of the time, it felt they were incapable of moving the football is because they were without their main guy, and that's Michael Pittman Jr. Big deal coming up on Sunday as he has been cleared to play and cleared Protocol Again, according to its head coach, Shane Steichen, a little bit earlier today. We'll go over that. We'll go over the Raiders side of things as well. If you missed our conversation yesterday with former Raider Lincoln Kennedy of the Raiders Radio Network, it was really good about the evolution since Antonio Pierce took over as the head coach in Las Vegas. And what is maybe most noticeable about that is that Raiders swagger that they have back compared to what they had with Josh McDaniels or compared to what they have had over the years. That swagger seems to be back. He's something that had been lost for a while. We'll see if they're able to maintain that against the Colts coming up on Sunday. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio, top of the hour. We got more for you in the 5 o'clock hour. Also, too, at 239-1070. Tell you what, give me, give me a pair right now. How about that, James? For the bullseyeeventgroup.com, Colts VIP tailgate presented by Hayes and Sons Restoration. Log on. Get your passes right now. If you need tickets to the game, you can do that as well. But number nine to 239-1070, I'm going to send you, you plus one, to the Bullseye Event Center. All you can eat, all you can drink. My man DJ Skid's also going to be a part of that on Sunday. Doors open at 10 a.m. Number nine at 239-1070 with BullseyeEventGroup.com and the Colts VIP tailgate. Presented by Hayes and Sons Restoration. Log on. Get your passes now. Caller nine at 239-1070 is a winner. The stream, the app, HD Radio. Thank you for being a part of this show inside the lounge via YouTube Live as well. We'll open that up and talk with you in a minute as well. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. It takes him a second to get on the stool because he's under 5 feet tall. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Thank you so much for joining us in a Bud Light Blue Friday that's absolutely jam-packed here. Yes, here is Ale Emporium, man. We're in the back room if you want to join us back here. We would absolutely love to see you. you know, I mentioned, we're talking to Don Fisher at the start of the show, IU and Kennesaw State, not suggesting this is the biggest of deals, but Don was uh, talking about Khalil Ware. Khalil Ware, I just looked is listed as out on the injury report as of right now, both he and Xavier Johnson. So if you're an IU fan and you're kind of wondering what's what, at least I saw that a little bit earlier um, in the break, and I wanted to pass that along to you because that was the type of player that wasn't so much in this game that Don talked about where, but it was the disappearing act that was a year ago in Oregon and I know when Mike Woodson has has talked about this, you know, he, he views that, well, that's history and this is now. The problem is you have to ride your own history, your own resume until you debunk it. And that's what you're going to be waiting on for him. And he has disappeared somewhat. And this is a team that has played down to its competition more than somewhat 
The Kennesaw State and Indiana. Again, that tip time is at 6 o'clock tonight. Eastern Kentucky, number one, Purdue. That's at 7 o'clock this evening. IUPUI, Detroit, Mercy, Evansville, and Cincinnati. Got Southern Indiana, Southeast Missouri, and Northern Kentucky and Purdue, Fort Wayne, all coming up on the schedule later on tonight. Uh, Big-time win for the Pacers last night in terms of just needing a win and taking care of what you need to take care of. I know all of you, for the most part, should probably understand that. And that is taking care of what you should take care of. And they have far too many times at home this season, disappointed in that capacity. They did that last night. And you thought it was going to be one of those games where it, it feels like forever, if you're a Pacer fan, you've had one of those games where they just kind of cruise to a win and you can kind of chill out and not worry about it. They're up, what, 25, 23, 25, third quarter, then all of a sudden that lead just dwindles away to beyond nothing. They go down three and have to rally in the early stages and midway through the fourth quarter uh, behind Tyrese Halliburton and Miles Turner to get that done. I was all waiting for one of those games where you can just kind of sit back and relax. But uh, they wouldn't have it. But the worst-case scenario was avoided, and that would be another loss to another team that is not worthy of beating you at home or on the road. And you saw the Pacers get that win last night. Next up at the Fieldhouse Saturday night, it is the Knicks in town. I mentioned the good news regarding the Colts. We will merge that together with the Raiders and Colts conversation. Again, there's going to be no eliminator on Sunday if they lose. And I know a lot of you are saying, well, wait a minute, is this a must-win situation? Well, what about last week was a must-win situation? Take care of what you can take care of, all right? If you honestly, wherever you are right now, feel they can lose this game to the Raiders at home on Sunday, and you're still feeling good about them making the postseason, come on, man. Now, this is one of those that you absolutely have to have. I mean, you still may be in some form or fashion on the outside looking in, even if you take care of your business, but you have to put yourself in the best possible position to do that. We'll talk about that. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio, top of the hour. Nate Atkins of the Stars is going to join us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour as well. We are on a Bud Light Blue Friday with your chance at Raiders Colts tickets. Ale Emporium, Northeast Side. We got a packed place, but plenty of room for you. Bud Light Blue Friday, Hour 2, Mike Wells, Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live and more, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Happy holidays to you. We're on the northeast side on a Bud Light Blue Friday, packed in here, but plenty of room for you. We've got Raiders Colts tickets to give away. Ale Emporium, our location, hour number two. I'm trying to walk up the talk up right here, if you could not tell. The slow jam reentry for our next guest from ESPN Radio. The pride of Brownsburg, Indiana, with the lovely Layla. Mike Wells with his rendition of this Boys to Men classic. Mike. Like you want me to, and I hold you tight. 
Maybe all through the night. <laughs> <Want> me <laughs> too. I think I've told you this before. Oh, 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 Boys to men. Yep. Hex, let's go slow. We ain't got nowhere to go. Centrate on you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why why didn't they have the lyrics of let's hustle up and go fast because I got to get to bed. I got to get some sleep. Or I got to get the hell up and get out of here. Would that not have been a romantic song? Would that not have been yeah. a slow jam classic? Let's, let's hustle this thing up because I got to get the hell up and get out of here. Hey, I don't think they would have probably named it Hit It and Quit It. That's what they would have named it, man. <laughs> I got to get up off this floor and get out of here. Come on. Oh, my God. Hey, hey John, yeah. I got to tell you, man, um, I'm so glad I didn't try to bring the lovely Layla and Mr. Handsome Tay to El Emporium because when, when we when we FaceTimed earlier today from Center Grove yeah. High School, when, Brown, when Brownsburg got a two-point victory over Warsaw High School, you said El Emporium. I thought you were on the south side. And oh no! I, I possibly, We're a Castleton I, baby. Oh, hey, no, no. Uh, you you got to be over twenty-one to go into Castleton. So I definitely yeah. would not have been able to make it. Yes, I didn't know that, huh? Well, you yeah, know, that, that is, so that's why I was open to it. I was thinking you were going to do it at Greenwood and then head back over to Center Grove High School when uh, the Trojans, Lady Trojans, take on uh, my Bulldogs at seven tonight. Oh, they play at seven tonight, huh? I don't know if Laney, I don't know if Laney's going or not. So I haven't, I haven't heard. But uh, we did, we went to the first one today. They're, CG's pretty good. It's the first time I've seen him play this year. I, and uh, Kevin Stuckmeyer's a good coach. I mean, he can coach him up. Man, uh, yeah. Hey, I saw they beat. They won by like fifty points or something, man. Yeah, yeah. And Jeffersonville looked like. A team that just got up off the bus from Jeffersonville at 10 a.m. <laughs> so they got look, they look, they're about five or six steps behind. Yeah. Hey, is, uh, where's Hagen at? Where's he at today? Is he not joining us? Um, well, I've got some guesses, but I don't have any solidified information. He was out yesterday with us. So he came out yesterday at Taylor's Pub. So I'm assuming that he's taking a pass on, on today and doing what Hagen does on a Friday when he's not with us. It's my assumption. Oh, he's, probably, he's, probably, he's probably making a new commercial or something, man. Yeah, probably, I mean, yeah. Or, you know, another another article from the Indianapolis Star. So, oh I, were you surprised that they didn't touch on the feud between he and Anthony Calhoun? Because I was. Yeah, well, I saw it. It was one of those pool quote, quotes where he basically said, I like, I like to have fun in sports. So I was like, oh, man, I got to click on the story. Maybe he is going to talk about the fun, lighthearted relationship he has with Wish TV, but nope, that wasn't the case. And as I asked in our group text, he said, oh, they left that part out. So hmm. I know he was joking, but still, look at Hagen not telling the whole story about having fun. Leaving, leaving, leaving having some shortcomings, just like his height. <laughs> yep, and he's he's on stealth mode today, so I, I can imagine what's going on on a Friday in the world of Hagen. It's Mike Wells with us. I, other than time of year, 
I, I really – time of year and importance of the game, I, I don't have too many relatables with this particular Raiders-Colts matchup from that of the year before last. Do you? No, I, I don't. Uh, and, and I saw a stat. Um, I don't know where I saw it, but it might have been J.J. from the Colts where this is, what, the eighth straight year that the Colts and Raiders are played in the regular season? I did not realize that. I know they played a lot, but I did not realize it was like seven or eight straight years that they played each other. Yeah, and then you know, obviously on Sunday, it's it's going to be that big one, Mike. I, I try to explain to people all the time uh, because I mean, you know this. You've been a part of this for a long time as well. People will always think that you're trying to bag on their favorite team, or you're not giving them enough credit. And, you know, somebody had mentioned to me, oh, I guess you're going to bag on the Colts after they lost in Atlanta. And, you know, once I returned from being sick, I said, I'm going to be critical of the way they played because that's what we're here to do. And there is a reason to be critical because we discovered expectations. And here's the other thing, too. This has been a common theme that I have heard through many of these Colts fans out here that suggest, hey, it doesn't matter what happens this year. Because, you know, they are in line to be good for the future. Their future is made. Oh I hate, and I, had I, to, hate, I can't stand what people say. I, I, yes. they say I had to remind them because I asked Bill Brooks that very thing, the former NFL wide receiver. And I said, Bill, as a player, you had to understand, right, that you have no promises for tomorrow. You have to take care of as much as you can take care of today and he absolutely agreed so while you're here make something happen because again you have no idea what's going to you hope that anthony richardson is going to be that guy you hope that that's going to be long term but we went through the luck era around here i would thought enough to know that there is one thing that you can count on as far as the future in the nfl is that normally you can't count on the future Listen, and I'll use 2018 as an example when Andrew Luck came back. And they're like, all right, Luck, Luck had been injured, you know, all those years since since week, what, three to 2015 seasons, so two and a half, you know, basically three seasons that Andrew Luck had been injured. And, yes, he, he came back, led them, got them a playoff victory at Houston, lost to Kansas City. The future's going to be bright. Andrew Luck is back to looking like the number one overall pick. Little did they know that when Andrew Luck walked off the field in Arrowhead Stadium in January of 2019, that was the last time he, he was ever going to wear a coach uniform in a regular season game again, in, in, a, in a substantial game again. So, yeah, and, you know, people can say, oh, you know what, we're going to have Anthony Richardson back, everything's going to be good, we'll be good to go. The reality is nobody knows for sure if Andrew, yeah. Anthony Richardson can be healthy on a regular basis or is this a sign of things to come for his future? Take advantage of the moment. There was no reason why the Colts went down to Atlanta last weekend and laid a gigantic dud and let yep. Taylor Heineke move the ball up and down the field on them. There's no reason they looked like they were moving a quicksand the entire game against the Falcons when you, when you know what's online, what's at stake for you, and the potential of you know, winning because you know, a couple hours later, Jacksonville got embarrassed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Colts could be sitting in first place in the division right now. Yeah, you look back on that game on Sunday. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. And that, on this roller coaster ride that has been this season, that I've documented, 
And I know that this, this is a team that, simply put, is, is not that good. It's not that bad, but it's not that good. And you're probably going to have moments like that. That was a moment against a team that you saw desperate and a team that was playing home for the holidays against a team that didn't look ready for the moment at all, or really any moment, especially coming off a win to where in that second half against the Steelers, Mike, offensively with the offensive line, and I know they're without Michael Pittman Jr., and that's a big deal, but that's no excuse to put on that offensive line that played as badly as it did against Atlanta. It just didn't look like it was ready for that moment we've been talking about, taking advantage of that schedule and being ready for. Now they're lucky that they're able to make up for it in these final two weeks. The capability is there to put themselves in the best possible position for a make good, a do-over, if you will, beginning Sunday against the Raiders. But I'll give you this. The Raiders are playing with an edge right now. The Raiders are playing with an edge we thought we saw in the Colts against the Steelers, but poof, went away last Sunday on Christmas Eve in Atlanta. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, Antonio Pierce has gotten due to his players. The players believe what he says. You know, this is not Josh McDaniels where they're like, you know, whatever, man, whatever, dude, we're not worried about you. Antonio Pierce has those guys playing hard and getting out there. I mean, come on. No offense for Purdue fans, but Aiden O'Connell did not have a, had, did not have a completion after the first quarter against Kansas City. He threw for 62 yards on national TV on Christmas afternoon. But you know what? They did enough by scoring those two touchdowns in seven seconds or whatever, and their defense did not play scared of the Kansas City Chiefs, and they got the victory. Was it pretty? Heck no. In fact, it was butt-ugly football by the Raiders. But it was a win against the team that defended Super Bowl champions. And at this point for the Colts, it's all about whatever it takes. It doesn't matter how pretty or ugly the game looks. Whatever it takes to get the win, that's, what, that's the, the uh, mindset Indianapolis has to take this weekend and their final two games both at home against the Raiders and then the Houston Texans. You know, it's funny, Mike. You look back to last week in that game in Kansas City and that win by the Raiders. The Raiders put – well, I should say this – Chiefs didn't put Aiden O'Connell in a position to where he could be a difference maker in a moment or two. And that's what you're looking for with a mistake. That's what a lot of teams have looked for. For example, a lot of these better defenses have looked for from Gardner Minshew. And they prey upon that. Kansas City didn't do that last week. I think that is a notion that the Colts have to take to heart defensively, whether it's Gus Bradley or to a man individually on this team. And to Sunday, you want to make a rookie quarterback who's trying not to make mistakes to cost his team the game in a position in which he is wide open to make those mistakes. And Kansas City didn't do that last week. You mentioned he didn't have a completion because really he didn't have to because Kansas City was turning over the football, you know, and they were going pick-sixing and they were getting seven out of this and great field position out of that. The Colts can't do that, but the Colts also have to put Aiden O'Connell in a position in which he is a difference maker in the negative for his Raider teammates on Sunday. Yeah, and, and, and what, you know, some people may not know the Raiders didn't even have Jacobs at running back, and they still were able enough to get – they were still able to win the game by getting enough yeah. on the ground and getting strong defense 
a defense that, you know, was very disciplined as, you know, coordinators have to say, they stayed in their lane. They knew where Patrick, you know, they knew where uh, Travis Kelsey was at all times. They played disciplined football that did not allow them to get beat by recess football of Patrick Mahomes when he scrambles in the backfield. So that we are, they were a well-coached team who on defense and an even better coached team on offense where they did not have to force Aid O'Connell to try to do something he didn't need to. Part of it was because of Kansas City and part of it was because of, you know, you know very good play callers. A negative factor he has to become for the Colts. And then I think they make that believable. But on the other side of it, too, Hello, offensive line. I mean, what what are you? Will the, the real offensive line for this team stand up? Is it what we saw in that second half against the Steelers? Or is it what we witnessed for the entirety of that game, for the most part, in Atlanta on Sunday? I mean, if you're going to talk about a an area of this team that really needs to put the work in and, and see the fruits of the labor, I hate that cliche, but I'll use it here anyway, it's going to be that offensive line. Because I don't know... I don't know what to expect them to be right now after the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, is anybody's guess, quite honestly. Like you said, against the Steelers, you're like, holy cow. This is the old line that we saw a couple of years ago before all those guys got paid, before when they, before the Quintons and the Ryans and all those guys got to the contracts. They look nasty out there. But, again, you fast forward to Atlanta, and the Falcons are living in the, in the backfield, and you made it. You talked about how Kansas City did not make um, Aiden O'Connell uncomfortable. Well, you know what? The Atlanta Falcons did make Gardner Mitchell in trouble. They knew going in, if we if we um, pick up the pressure, Gardner Mitchell will be known to make mistakes. He'll make a. He'll try to force the pass. He'll try to do something that is going to put his team in a bad position. And that's exactly what happened uh, with this turnover. So Mike Wells of ESPN Radio, he is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. So how do you see this? You are a picking, betting man right now. I think the Colts bounce back. And again, time of the year and situation in the postseason notwithstanding, they're not <laughs> – you don't have a good memory. I know last year, you know, that was Jeff Saturday's lone win as the interim head coach in Vegas. But you go back two years ago – and that was like the precursor. That was the appetizer to the ultimate disaster in that lone Carson Wentz season. Listen, hey, Hunter Renfro gave Kenny more to business in that game. You remember that? Yeah, he did. Yep, he Hunter, did. Hunter, Hunter Renfro, he was, he was the best player on the field. With that said, is, the Raiders have been a great story uh, for what they're doing for Antonio Pierce. Um, you just have to, hope, you have to hope that Mark Davis doesn't do it the Raider way which you usually is screwing it up uh, when it comes to um, naming their next head coach. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the Colts on this one. And it's more so what we heard after the game with Gardner Mitchell and Shane Sykin acknowledging that, Hey, they took things for granted and they weren't ready to play. And that's when you're not, when you're not ready to play, that's exactly what happened. I think this is going to be a very strong bounce back game by the Colts. I'm going to put it like this, John. Colts win by at least 10 points. Yeah. I, see, I, I picked them to win, too. I had a little bit of hesitation because what you have seen in the Raiders looks like one of those charmed teams. And that's really what they became. It didn't last long in the postseason two years ago after they beat the Colts here. 
didn't last long. I think they went to Cincinnati and got ousted and knocked out after yeah. that in that first game of the postseason. But this, this Raider team looks like one of those charm type of teams that has a bit of an edge to it. And I mentioned this. They had their swag back. They didn't have their swag most of the year. But, you know, they're smoking cigars in the locker room and feeling good. They're like one of those happy-go-lucky, whatever-happens-happens type of squads that defensively with what they have up front and then what they have, as we talked about in the secondary, is incredibly dangerous if you put a quarterback in position to make mistakes. And I think offensively, that is what is most concerning to Colts fans out there. Is that happening on Sunday? Yeah. Uh, no, you, you, everything you said, is, I, I, I'm in agreement with. And uh, listen, if, if the Colts can't bounce back and win this game, I don't think they deserve to go to the playoffs because that's two weeks in a row where they've had games that they, they've had opportunities to put themselves in position to further lock down a playoff spot. Not only lock down a playoff spot, but, you know, get a good hold uh, first place in the AFC South because the Jacksonville Jaguars are really. The Jaguars have already ruled out Trevor Lawrence this weekend for their game. So here's yet another chance to say to be in first place and win and potentially win the AFC South for the first time since the 2014-2015 season. Damn, that's a long-ass time ago, too. Yeah, man. I, I just, again, take advantage of the situation you're in. This is the situation. Nobody's suggesting this is going to be the high point whatsoever of the Colts with this team, this team personnel-wise and the makeup. But take advantage of the situation you're in because you are not promised anything in the future. That's Mike Wells of ESPN Radio on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. All right, so the Pacers won last night. They blew a 25-point lead, regained that lead in the fourth, and went to a 120-104 win in Chicago over the Bulls. But did you notice that after Isaiah Jackson got called for the 10-second count rule at the free throw line and then got subbed out, that he walked to the tunnel? He walked to the tunnel to vent his frustration because he didn't want to be on camera. Now, you go back a couple of weeks to Vegas against the Lakers. Miles Turner goes out, walks to the tunnel, and Jack Assery all over my Twitter X account goes crazy about Miles Turner quitting on the team. Yeah, way to support this quitter. He quit on the team. Trade him right now. So it was interesting to notice the not-so-subtle difference in opinions on one to the other. And frankly, I don't blame these guys. You, got, you don't want to get caught acting like a jackass on 9,000 different cameras. So if you're mad about that, if you're Isaiah Jackson, and you go back in the tunnel and kick something and they don't catch you on camera, so be it. That's exactly what it did. But again, there was a huge difference in what I normally get. Nobody was telling me Isaiah Jackson was quitting on the Pacers by doing that, like they did almost a month ago in that game in Vegas. Kind of odd to me, Mike. Just a little bit odd. Oh my goodness! Hey, you, you're making a great point. So let me ask you this: Did you tw- did you tweet about Isaiah Jackson doing that? And nah, nah. I thought it was self-explanatory. And believe me, by now, these jackasses on my Twitter account that only come about when there's a bad game, they know who they are, and I know who they are too. There's like one named uh, Chase Sanders out there. I'm gonna call him by name. I don't care if you send me that stuff. Then I reserve the right 
to talk about you. So that's exactly what I do. But I just want to make that clear. And there was another moment where you saw Buddy Heald was mad about a call. And then there was a little bit of dialogue going back and forth in the huddle during a timeout between he and Rick Carlisle. But you notice Miles and Tyrese go over to try to calm him down and stand in front of him because, again, you don't want this stuff documented on the myriad of cameras and HD that you see now. You want to try to keep that as in-house as possible. And I understand that. That's what teams with good leadership do. They don't let anybody in your kitchen. And all these cameras with that availability do that now. I completely understand that. But again, I think it was lost on those that blame Miles for quitting on his team in Vegas last month. Or earlier this month, I should say. Hey, stick up for your guy, man. Stick up and remind everybody. Those who like to hang back in the weeds and jump out when Miles does something like that or Miles has a bad game shooting or Miles gets worked over by Joel Embiid. Remind them of the good. I'm with that. Hey, I got a question for you before before you let yes. me know, brother. What is the long how many what is the longest you've done a radio show? How many hours? Consecutively. Um, I went I've done this one. I used to do four hours. I've done this one once six. Um, and then I have done the JMV takeover for nine. Close to nine before. Holy cow, because I tell you, this week, I did ESPN Rita. It's holiday, it's holiday, so a lot, all the hosts are taking holiday breaks. So I did five yeah. hours on five consecutive hours on Tuesday, five consecutive hours on Wednesday, and then four consecutive hours yesterday. And I tell you, going from five to four hours, it was like Christmas morning, man. I know it's only an hour of additional <laughs> radio, but damn, I, I was like, yes. Only four hours instead of five. It went by a lot quicker. So anybody who can talk, I like to talk, but anybody who can talk that long for consecutive days, more props to you. Yeah, there's you know, the other thing. I think I went nine once. There's a date in April when I do something on a Saturday for Ron Colley. I moved the Jamby takeover from Saturday to Friday night. So I will go three hours um, of me talking and then six hours of me playing the hits for the requesters out there. So that's nine hours as well. But it's like you, you go from it's, – it's different when you're talking. Like what you're talking about right now, to sit here and do this for nine hours would be incredibly difficult. Like I did it for six months – and it was a long damn time, and it feels like a long damn time. So you got to have a lot of content loaded up, which I'm assuming the professional that you are, you had just that ready. Oh no, we definitely did. Shoot, I don't know. You did it by yourself. That's I I commend you even more for that. At least I had a co-host for all three days. For you to do it by yourself, damn. I'm sure Laney was like, Dad, do that all the time because <laughs> when you come home, you won't be bothering me and talking to me nonstop. You know, it's funny. I'm glad you brought that up, Mike, because Laney, Blake's the same way, too. I go to the Greenwood Park Mall with Blake last week, and uh, he wants me to walk like 20 feet behind him because he said, you know, I don't want, if I run into my friends, I don't want to see them, you know, walking. And I'm thinking, hey, do I not help his rep? How would, do I, do I just view myself differently? How would walking with me hinder or hurt his rep? Know what I mean? 
I trust me. I'm the I wasn't offended by it, but I just wondered. Don't get me. I mean, I, I'll tell you this. See, we're, we're talking about our kids, you know, not feeling good about things with us. You had that moment. I use the word, the only time I FaceTime is with my kids. But I walk into Center Grove today and Brownsburg parents are like, oh, you just missed JMV. He was just here. So I'm like, dang. So I tell the lovely lady, Lee Wells, hey, let's FaceTime, let's FaceTime JMV. So he sees that we're here. And she goes, ew, get away from me. Don't do that. I say, no, sit by me. She goes, but people are going to see us FaceTime with somebody. I don't know why these kids are embarrassed by us, John. I don't get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I did. But Laney's the same way, too. I, I said, Laney, I'm like the coolest dude you're going to be around. I mean, why, you, you know, but they, they don't get it. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe that's that. We have a multi-generation gap with our kids, but maybe that's just the generation gap in Whoa. general. But I was just trying to tell Blake, I'm thinking, man, this is going to help your rep right here. I mean, it's going to help you. We're going to walk around the Greenwood Park Mall. We're going to go into Hat World, look at hats. We're going to be going into Spencer's and looking at fake poop and fart spray. It's going to help your, it's going to help your rep out. But when, hey, but when they need us to buy something, they say, come here, come here, come here, <laughs> hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. They got their hands out. But you know what? We, hey, we love them to death. Hey, John. Have a great weekend, and more importantly, my brother, my friend, have a happy new year, man. Report back and give me the updates on Brownsburg and Cinegrove for the championship of the CG Holiday Tournament. And you, because I know I, I trust your eyeball for coaching, I think Kevin Stuckmeyer is a really good coach. Report yeah, back to me, man. I thought, what's that? Layla's mad at me. She, Layla's mad at me. She wanted me to drive, she wanted me to drive back down there for the game tonight, after we came home to Brownsburg. And I would do that if she did oh. not have to be back in If she did not have to be in Center Grove again tomorrow at 9 a.m., I'll do it. But I love her to death. I love her. <laughs> I'm not making three trips to Center Grove. And I understand. Nah, man. I think, I think and, and again, my, my friend Jeff Allen is the head coach at Bedford North Lawrence, and he speaks highly of him. I I mean, with the record he put together, I, mean, I think Johnson County's blessed. You got you got Kevin at CG. You got um, you got Mike down at uh, at Franklin. I mean, you got you got a lot of stuff happening in Johnson County right there. You should feel good about that, I would think. So, as I'm assuming you do in Hendricks County at Brownsburg. So yeah, exactly, my brother. So yeah, let me get running, and I will talk to you next week, brother. You got it, buddy. Thank you, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio. Yeah, he's right, man. When you do, like, I do nine hours of JMV Takeover. And nine hours of JMV Takeover, I wouldn't say it's a breeze. I mean, you do get tired because I stand up the entire time. And when you take requests from callers, you get a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff. It's like putting together a puzzle. I mean, it really is because you want it to sound good. You want to sound, uh, the, the, the buzzword is tight. You want to make it sound, I want to sound tight. I don't want to make it sound loose, right? I want to hit the post. I want to have people jazzed up. I want to have the caller hitting the post. I want to make the sound bite sound, all that, right? So there's a lot of work, and I'm standing up the entire time, but there's nothing like doing. I love doing it, but six hours of talk radio in this sense, that will that will wear you out. Now, again, I've in the past, I've worked at a tire store. I've run a jackhammer. I've done all all this physical labor to know that that is nothing like what I do right here. So I do have those experience to lean on. But yeah, six hours 
Six hours, and like you wear out with me in six minutes. Yeah, six minutes ago. Oh my God, this guy again, Miles Turner, tunnel quitting. What's he doing? Six minutes you wear out with me. So you can imagine like six hours. I think I was probably driving people insane by that point in time. Way that it is. I'll tell you what. This Friday before the end of 2023 is outstanding at the AL Emporium. I'd love to see you here. Got all our friends here in the back room, more of our friends out here. Packed AL Emporium, Castleton, Bud Light Blue Friday, Raiders Colts tickets to give away. We'd love to see you out here. If you're going out to any of these high school games, whether it was the girls' games like I was talking about with CGM Brownsburg, Mike Wells brought up, or, you know, maybe it's one of these holiday tournaments for the girls or the boys anyplace else. Have an absolute blast. And support those kids, everybody. Support them. Man, support that time, too. That's going to be some of the lasting memories if they're a part of something like that in life, win or lose. Support them, whether it's today, tonight, tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening, and have a blast doing so. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, the stream, the app, 93.5, The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Sis Boom Ba. Sis Boom Ba. <laughs> Describe the sound made when a sheep explodes. <laughs> 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Jam-packed. This is one hell of a way to end 2023. The Friday before the end of the year. We're at the Ale Emporium in Castleton. Thank you all for joining us. Bud Light Blue Friday. We've got Raiders Colts tickets to give away. Don Fisher joined us, the voice of the Hoosiers, normally in the 5 o'clock hour because IU tips at 6 in blooming tonight against Kennesaw State. Now, you know, we're kind of wondering why... Khalil Ware was listed as out, evidently, um, according to reports out of Bloomington. He has tested positive for COVID. So Khalil Ware, their big man, is not playing tonight. Xavier Johnson, the guard, still not back. IU has struggled with the mid-majors more than a couple of times this year. I'm not saying they're going to tonight. But they have, and this is that final tune-up before they get into the bulk of the Big Ten season next Wednesday against Nebraska. IU, Kennesaw State, Bloomington tonight. That tip time again is at 6 o'clock. No Khalil Ware. COVID positive test for him. No Xavier Johnson, which you have become accustomed to hearing. Purdue. Eastern Kentucky this evening as well. Their final tune-up before they get the Big Ten underway as well. Good news from a Colts standpoint today. We're talking about that with Mike Wells of ESPN Radio. That is the clearance from concussion protocol and the clearance to play for one Michael Pittman Jr. Braden Smith back at practice. Evidently, this is not my words, not uh, Shane Steichen's, but trending in the right direction is the common phrase used. Seems like that the Colts' right tackle when they really need him against Max Crosby. Most of the time coming up on Sunday is trending in the right direction. Again, we shall see, but that is the good news. And Zach Moss with that forearm injury has been ruled out for that game coming up on Sunday as well. So there you go as far as the Colts' good news. And again, the Pacers a win last night. Pacers a win over the Bulls. And the Pills without Vujicic, uh, without Levine, uh, the Bulls very shorthanded. And the Pacers did to them for most of the game exactly what you need to do with them. 
Now they got to a 25-point lead, gagged that up, got down three, but turned the tables in the fourth. And what was a really bad, scrubby-looking third quarter? They scored 22 points, and it was so good. You could see the moment in which things changed on that Miles defensive block. They were down three, potentially going down five, if not more. We'll see maybe if that would have been a three-point play opportunity. But that led to a transition bucket, and then basically it was like the Pacers you would expect offensively from then on out. The Pacers offensively in the third shot a ton of threes, which is very good at the beginning of the game, very good in the first half. But in the third, they could not knock down threes. They turned the basketball over, which was problematic, and uh, dropped that 25-point lead. And you saw the Bulls get up three, and then in the fourth quarter, turned it back on, got to playing that up-tempo game that we've really enjoyed for the most part watching this season in that fourth quarter, and then ran away with a 120-104 win over the Chicago Bulls. Pacers get the Knicks coming up tomorrow night. So that, again, was a game in which you just don't want to put on the resume with an L. You don't. So we talked about that. Also brought up Indiana State for my Sycamore fans out there. Hopefully they're more than just a handful. Sycamores and Michigan State for the first time since 1979. And there's a lot made out of that. And there's going to be a lot made out of that. And I know to some, you go, hey, you got to move on, whatever. That part doesn't matter to me. Here's what does matter. And I'll note this, that until further notice, it's going to take a championship in Arch Madness, the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament in March for Josh Schertz and the Sycamores to punch a ticket to the NCAA Tournament. That's what it's going to take. And again, until further notice. Because you look on the schedule, the Missouri Valley is not going to bring a great deal of support. Now, the Sycamores are good in the net. But the problem is the conference power that they have. Now, maybe it's a different story if they run the table, something like that in their regular season. But I'm just telling you, until further notice, you got to make sure you take care of what you can take care of to go to the tournament, and that is in St. Louis in March in the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. Now, coming up tomorrow for the Sycamores, it is just some notoriety that you want to make sure remains positive. Everybody right now, if you're even thinking about it, you're thinking about it, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, all that, that's okay. But then you're going to take care of, of business on the road and what's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy whatsoever. Not suggesting that. Even with Michigan State playing down so far this year, that is going to be a tough call. But if you're able to do a little bit of something, play off of this one loss season so far and what you have shown, if you're able to do that against Michigan State, you know, I talk about resumes all the time here. That is a big-time star on the resume, regardless of how Michigan State is playing right now because you're going on the road to East Lansing. Big, big game. Now, Michigan State probably looks at it from this standpoint. You don't, you don't want the blemish of Indiana State on your resume. If you remember, they started out the season, or at least near the start, losing at home to James Madison. James Madison's a good basketball team, by the way. But that's how they started out the season. You, you don't want another home blemish of that magnitude, again, on your resume. 
So this is a big deal really all the way around. That's big, magnified for us if you're a Sycamore fan like me, if you're a Sycamore grad, because of your pride, and you want them continuing to be put, placed into the best light. But again, NCAA tournament-wise, the real measuring stick is going to be, as it always is, in that conference tournament coming up in March. Until further notice, and I bet you we're saying the same thing as we begin Arch Madness coming up in March as well. All right, quick break, and we shall return again. Indiana State, Michigan State coming up from East Lansing tomorrow. Raiders and the Colts, the good news regarding the Colts. We'll talk about that, and we'll magnify that with Nate Atkins of the Star coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour. And maybe he has further evidence about what really took place, what really happened on Sunday. How do you go from playing your best football offensively with this group in the second half of that Steeler game. And I'm really on both sides of the football playing a level of bully ball that we have not seen in that second half against the Steelers from that to being bullied most of that game on Christmas Eve in Atlanta. Now, we talked about the offensive line. We've talked about the defense, both individually and collectively and coaching-wise. What are some of these things we may be missing about what took place on Sunday and what needs to be across the board so much better at Lucas Oil Stadium this Sunday against the Raiders. We'll do that. Your chance at bullseye pass is also coming up. Remember, 6 o'clock hour, it is Colts happy hour with more info coming up for you then. The return of the JMV takeover, B105.7, that is on Sunday, New Year's Eve, 6 p.m., 6 until well after midnight we go. We ring in 2024 with the all-request Saturday night being back. And I can't remember, is this year four or five for the JMV takeover? I don't know if anybody is truly keeping track. I know I started this. can't remember. I think I started this on a regular basis in the summer. I was going on and off, I think up until COVID. And then I started it on a regular Saturday night basis, I believe, during the summer of 2020. So we are going into a fourth season of the JMV Takeover, B105.7. And again, musically speaking, I know what you're going to say. Well, you know, I can play whatever I want, whenever I want. Uh, you know what you can't be? You cannot be a radio DJ yourself whenever you want. You can, to you and yourself, or you and your kids, or you and your wife, but I turn you into your own DJ every single Saturday night. You tell me what you want to hear. I put it in there. You're more than just a requester. You're actually the stand-in DJ. So your opportunity that you're never given anymore, it is a really, it's a portion of radio that has been lost that we're bringing back and have brought back for the past three seasons we started again coming up on New Year's Eve, 6 until midnight. That is the JMV takeover over on B105.7. All right, quick break, and we shall return. Bud Light Blue Friday has us staked out on this Friday, the final Friday of 2023. Ale Emporium in Castleton. It is packed, but not too packed for you. We would love to see you here. Your chance with Bud Light. Thank you to my friends at Zinc to win Raiders Colts tickets. That and more coming up. Top of the hour, Nate Atkins of the Star. Don't go anywhere. 93.5107 by the fifth. 
The Ride with JMV. You are more reptile than man, George. So low and flat that the foot of man is incapable of crushing you. How dare you? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. And Lionel Richie re-entry right there, the JMV takeover. Back with us coming up on Sunday night, New Year's Eve. Ale Emporium is packed, Bud Light Blue Friday. I'd love to see you here off Allisonville Road. We're in Castleton. The Colts injury report is out. You will note that, as I mentioned earlier, Zach Moss, he is ruled out with a forearm injury still. Michael Pittman Jr., he is cleared protocol. Now, keep this in mind. Much like last week, we were feeling good, and then he got on a jet airliner, Steve Miller Bam, and then once they landed in Atlanta, it wasn't so good. He was ruled out. He is listed as questionable with that uh, concussion-slash-shoulder situation just like he was last week. So bear that in mind. You feel good about it? But you also felt good about it last week. And I felt so good about it. I talked about how you could always count on him. And then, like, less than 24 hours later, he was ruled out. So that was a bummer. Braden Smith, he was in full earlier today. Uh, he is also listed on the injury report as questionable. This is one that's interesting, too. Kenny Moore, Kenny Moore is a question mark. He did not practice today. Danny Bridges, good to see you, brother. Thank you, man. Huh? Huh? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm just going over injury. Thanks. Thanks, Danny. I appreciate you, man. Good to see you. Happy New Year to you. No, Kenny Moore is listed as questionable. So we shall see. That's something we'll follow. And I know we'll all be following that coming up with Michael Pittman Jr., especially considering the circumstances of last week and how that turned out down in Atlanta. All right, at JMV1070 on Twitter, 239 1070 is the number as well. If you guys want to chime in, we certainly can on this particular Friday. Hey, tell me, James, is Jason ready to go at 239-1070? Yes, he is. Jason, welcome to the show. How are you? AMV, I just want to tell you, I've been working for Amazon. I've been spending some time in southern Indiana, and it is beautiful down there, man. I'm from Miami County, Peru. So I know JJ, Jeremiah Johnson. I went to high school with him, man. My best friend, Dan, was his uh, supervisor on the Peruvian, on the paper. And I think he married a Marburger girl, and he, I think he might have uh, dated his old, that older sister. Anywho, you're just, I think you're great when you do your monologue at the beginning. And uh, I, I heard Mike Wells on the radio the other day. He's doing great, and I just wanted to encourage you. And I'm actually also a part-time small church pastor, and I follow comics to learn how to communicate better. And I also grew up in a gospel music family, and you're awesome with music. So I just wanted to encourage you for the new year. And if you want to give me tickets to the Raiders Colts game, I will not be upset with that. (laughs) Jason, that is very kind of you, man, Jason. I appreciate that. Um, Unfortunately, you're going to have to be here to register to win these tickets today. These are not over the air. But I can, at some point when you want, we can make sure you experience the Bullseye Event Center and that pregame party, if you want. Well, that sounds good. Jason, you talk. Talk to our friend James. James, put him on hold back there. 
We'll let Jason experience the bullseyeeventgroup.com, the Colts VIP tailgate presented by Hayes and Sons Restoration. Log on. Get your passes if you don't win them with me. 10 a.m., the doors open coming up on Sunday morning. All you can eat, all you can drink. DJ Skids is also going to have a brand new batch of batch, I said, New Year's Eve mini mixes for you. Skids will be playing the hits down at the Bullseye Event Center as well. I'm going to tell you what, there is nothing better than that as far as your game day experience. Nothing better. You will absolutely love it. So, Jason, enjoy that. What else he talk about, too? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what? Sports and music, and I'm really fortunate because I'm not able to do anything else whatsoever. Nothing. I'm, I'm useful for nothing else. But for sports conversation and music, I can be useful. And the part that we have discovered over the years, I've done this for 19 years, but the part we have discovered is you will find just as many people that love sports that also love music in a similar capacity and also love music like they do sports. I mean, they, they treat it like that. So it is, it's like peanut butter and chocolate going together in your dessert. It is easy to understand why those are so important. And that's, that's always been the niche that I've wanted to hit. And in the past, what, four years now, as we're going into year number four of the JMV takeover, that was an itch that I had to do. And I got to give a shout out to David Wood and to Sean Copeland for allowing me. What's amazing about what they allow me to do every Saturday night, which is going to be Sunday with New Year's Eve this Sunday, is the season opener is they just say, we don't care what you do. You know where that happens? In the scope of the radio world across the nation? Much less here in Indy. I mean, here in Indy, everybody else is voice tracked. What you're going to hear this weekend is what some of these clowns did on Wednesday. All right? We give you the personal touch. Nobody else allows anybody, much less a clown like me, to do that. Hey, you know what? Don't worry about it. You do whatever you want to do. Nobody else is allowed that type of leverage. Therefore, not only does that scratch an itch, but it also it makes it exciting as hell every single Saturday. People say, man, don't you get tired? I never get tired of it. And I never get tired of playing songs that are 20, 25, 30, 35, 40 years old. Never get tired of it because it's that it's doing something that nobody else is allowed to do. And you guys are right along with me. And that's what's exciting in the moment, like sports is exciting in the moment. And again, the two go together absolutely perfectly. Jason, thank you very much for that. All right, was that a legit 10 seconds last night with Isaiah Jackson that I pointed out to Mike Wells a little bit earlier? We'll go over that coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. And... Is it any different than what it meant regarding Michael Pittman Jr. on the injury report this time last week as they were going to Atlanta? We'll talk to Nate Atkins about that. He covers the Colts from the Indianapolis Star. That's next. Bud Light Blue Friday, Northeast Side, Castleton, Ale Emporium. 93.5107.5 The Fan. 
The Ride with JMV. Excuse me, Robo. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? Stay out of trouble. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. That's Steve Miller Band playing back there. Thank you, James. Devin, the onside engineer. Fans Place and Tony Donahue before the end of the show. Colts Happy Hour with me coming up here at 6 o'clock. Remember... The ride to kickoff in the Bullseye Event Center is at 9 a.m. coming up on Sunday morning. I'm going to actually be on an hour before they open the doors at the bullseyeeventgroup.com Colts VIP tailgate. Presented by Hayes and Sons Restoration. Doors open at 10 a.m. I'm in touchdown town from 10 a.m. until noon with the Goreman, Joe Wrights, and Bill Brooks. And then, of course, countdown to kickoff. Matt Taylor, whom I talked to a little bit earlier today on the way up here. Matt Taylor, Rick Venturi, Lara Overton, and Casey Vallier on countdown to kickoff. That kick is at 1 o'clock. A couple of minutes, too. Thoughts on the Pacers last night. And because coming up next week, you're going to get a double dose of Yanis. Yanis is going to be back in the fold again with the Bucks. Isaiah Jackson got called for a free throw line violation in going 10 seconds, taking too long. Now, again, you had the scrubbiest of the scrubs of an officiating crew last night. But a lot of you felt it wasn't 10 seconds. And given the fact that Giannis takes about 15 seconds, it's really funny. But we'll get back to that coming up in a minute. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline, Ale Emporium and Castleton on a Bud Light Blue Friday. And we welcome in from the Indianapolis Star, Nate Atkins, who was with us. All right, how differently do you view this Friday injury report concerning Michael Pittman Jr. as to what you saw Basically the same thing this time last week. Is it the same, or a week later do you feel different about it, Nate? Well, I think this week we have to take it in context of the fact that he cleared protocol this time last week, and then you know, the next day was ruled out. So clearing the protocol to me is not a guarantee that he's going to be able to play since we know that, that he's had symptoms reappear already. I will say that I, I mean, we talked to him this week and last week, and he said this week he's feeling different, and his wife was kind of the one who's pointed that out, that he, uh, she just didn't think he was quite himself last week. Going back and thinking about that conversation, I, uh, I, I do think he sounded a little bit more like himself this week, but that's, you know, ultimately it's going to come down if he has symptoms. He would like to think getting two weeks out, almost two weeks out from the hit, uh, you know, and taking that time off. Uh, from a lot of those activities, doing the protocol twice. Um, you know, that's, it, it, he's there on the side of caution with it. So uh, they're certainly hopeful he'll be back. He's hopeful he'll be back. And uh, it's, you know, usually when players clear protocol, that's, uh, that's how it goes. But, yeah, until he's actually out there on Sunday, I wouldn't consider it a guarantee. He is Nate Atkins of the Star Raiders and Colts coming up on Sunday. The ride to kick off with me begins for the Bullseye Event Center Sunday morning at 9 a.m., so tune in for that. All right. I think it's important, as should everybody else, that Michael Pittman Jr. is a part of this. But I faced the facts last Sunday in Atlanta, even with Michael Pittman Jr., I thought the team played so lousy, or lousily, I should say, if I'm making up words, that even with him out there, that wasn't the difference or even close to it in the game. you agree? 
Yeah, I think uh, having Pittman out there last week would have it would have helped because what was weird with it is they they thought all week they were getting him back. They found out the day before they weren't going to have him, and it's a catastrophic loss. Uh, you know, even if they know they're not going to have him, but it's just a lot of changing on the fly, and their passing game looked discombobulated because of it. But uh, so I think he would have helped, especially you know with the passing game, obviously, but also with the fact that. Uh, the Falcons were able to run that five-man front and just take out Jonathan Taylor. And Pittman's a big part of getting out of that, some of those quick slants and, uh, and screen passes and, and hitches and the stuff that they can do to, to kind of supplement the run game. But ultimately, I don't think they would have won because of the way they played on defense, the way they tried to tackle, uh, the way they played the screen game, the way they tried to cover uh, Kyle Pitts. That game was going to turn into a shootout on the road in a dome, and I just don't think their offense was going to be able to match that because uh, they just didn't, uh, you know, the the Falcons had a better defense. They were the ones that had the player up front that the Colts couldn't block and Clayus Campbell. They're the defense that tackled better and communicated better, and so they would have been a closer game, but certainly – uh, they're not built right now on offense, even with Pittman out there. When they have a backup quarterback in there, and certainly last week they had no Braden Smith, uh, they're not they're not advanced enough of an offense to kind of win a shootout like that right now uh, against most teams. So I don't I don't think they would have gotten it done. But they but it would have been a closer game. Hey, Nate, you go back to a week prior, that Saturday win over the Steelers, and I don't think there's much argument here. Certainly the best second half or the best half of football we've seen from that offensive line, and the game was quite good as well. So ultimately, what was the big difference? Why such a gap going from that level of positivity and how they played against the Steelers to a week later playing down to the level in which we witnessed in Atlanta? Yeah, it's been something that's been hard to figure out with this offensive line this year because they have some great moments, they have some really bad moments, and it's hard to exactly say what the deal was because both those games had the same starting five. So while they're without Braden Smith, and that obviously has some impact, they were without him against the Steelers too, uh, you know, who have a you know similar enough player to Clayus Campbell in, in Cam Hayward, the way that it's kind of double-team him, and they were able to run at will. I think one factor was... Against the Steelers, you know, both T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith came out of the concussion protocol and missed a lot of practice time. And those guys are built as, as more of your pure edge rushers. So they were, the Colts were able to just play this downhill game and take them kind of out of their element and wear them down at the same time coming off a little practice time. So I think stylistically it's a little different between that and Williams Campbell is built first and foremost to be just a menace against the run, and then when you have to drop back in obvious pass situations, uh, he was just way too strong and powerful for Blake Freeland, and that power is really becoming the issue for him. It's he, he was he fared a little better against T.J. Watt, just because you know it, if there's one area that's going to challenge him, it's this, it's the power and just the you know some of the technique that, that's not there for him right now. So uh, so, so that's some of it. Uh, it's, it's hard to say otherwise. I just think they got the Steelers at the right time where they were really in disarray, where they had lost back-to-back home games to the Patriots and the Cardinals. And just down the stretch of that game especially, I felt like effort, spirit, all of it was just kind of waiting for them. Whereas the way that uh, 
that this game went against the Falcons. The Falcons were able to get the lead because their offense was so much better than the Steelers. They had Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts and a more capable backup quarterback, and they were able to get the lead and make the Colts drop back in obvious pass situations, which is really what you want to make the Colts do. So uh, some of it was matchups, some of it was game flow, and some of it's just the weirdness of this season with this offensive line as they've been a, a bit up and down like this. Is Nate Atkins of the Star Covers the Colts. Colts Raiders Sunday right here, of course, begins at 9 a.m. on the ride to kickoff with me. Nate's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline. Happy holidays. Happy New Year to everybody listening out there. Bud Light Blue Friday is live from the AL Emporium in Castleton today. We'd love to see you. Braden Smith, um, are we feeling good about that? Because if there is a game that you would like to see him return, versus, for the most part, what you're going to see with Max Crosby on the other side, this game would seem to be it. What's your feel from the injury report and from him being back at practice in the latter portions of this week? Yeah, we got to talk to Braden today. and uh, he's, he's listed as questionable because he's going to have to try out that knee in pregame. He's been, you know, he's just missed a lot of time here. He's missed four games with that knee, and so they there is, you know, they got to see how Sunday goes, but I would bet on him playing. He's practiced in full two straight days. It was very active. The portion we were out there for looked to be moving very, very well. So it seems likely that he's going to play, and it is a big return to have him back because Max Crosby is, is the mismatch in this game. He's the guy that, that wrecks it. He's the reason that the Raiders' defense has played for the main reason why they played so well lately. And his, his power especially was just going to be a big mismatch for Blake Freeland, who just went up against that mismatch against the Falcons and Clayus Campbell, and it, and it didn't go well. So Brayden Smith's more capable of handling that. In pass pro, he's also the much better run blocker. So as they try and counter some of this five-man front, you know, they had such a hard time against the Falcons getting Jonathan Taylor to the edge. Uh, so, so getting Brayden Smith back, giving a little bit more of a chance to get him where he's best, which is on the perimeter and using that speed, is going to help. Uh, so it's still going to be, you know, it's still going to be a mismatch, though, because Max Crosby's better than just about any tackle he goes up against. And Braden's missed a lot of time, which affects, you know, some of the chemistry and the run blocking and, you know, just sort of his, his uh, pressure or, his, you know, his rust level, I guess you'd say, for, for pass protection. So, uh, but they got to have him back because, you know, the, you don't have to, necessarily dominate on the, on the right tackle this week, but you can't get dominated, and I, I'm afraid that that's what's going to happen to them if he doesn't play. Hey, Nate, there have been a variety of games. Uh, variety may be too strong. I mean, obviously some in the Cleveland game, uh, especially at the end, uh, especially the end of the Rams game. There have been times when I've been critical of, of Gus Bradley, and others have been as well. As far as, you know, the, the pressure he puts on, you know, failing to adapt, even if you don't feel the most confident in what you're doing, it kind of felt like there have been moments in which it called for outside the box thinking where Gus Bradley has not gone. Now, the other train of thought is look at the personnel he is dealing with and why he may have, you know, a feeling and staying, you know, secure and supporting what he feels with the group that he has on the field defensively. Which has it been more 
And certainly, how did you feel about that, both from the way that things went from a coaching standpoint with Gus Bradley on Sunday to what he was dealing with on the field defensively on Sunday and that loss in Atlanta? Yeah, I think it's uh, fair to criticize Gus Bradley at points this season for sort of not adjusting a little bit more a little bit sooner. But I do. I fall more on the side of the personnel being the issue. Um, like I said, it's a mix. They were pretty healthy, about as healthy as you could get coming into last week's game. Still, they lost Julian Blackman in the first quarter, and that did affect some of the communication. But the most part, he's got his guys, so they've got to they've got to tackle. They've got to, uh, you know. And and I do think there's times when he can disguise a blitz a little bit better. Use Kenny Moore some of those situations, use Nick Cross, who's a tremendous athlete. And I think that's my big criticism of Gus this year is until uh, this Blackman injury, he just hasn't he just hasn't given Nick Cross the reps that I think he's deserved and, and that he needs to be that sort of playmaker on the back end when they don't have a lot out there since you know things with the way they did with Shaquille Leonard, they don't really have that game changer on the back end as much. And Cross has the skill set to be that. But for the most part, I think he is in a bind when his two outside corners, no matter how they slice it, no matter who's healthy, are rookies. And Juju Brents is a talented player. They took him in the second round. But he is barely this year because of all the injuries. And you're just seeing that show up in some of his matchups and some of his uh, you know, reactions to situations. We saw it at the end of the Rams game when he just flat, you know, he just missed a, a communication with Kenny Moore to let Puka Nakua get wide open. And there's just not, you know, they, they're trying to guard against that. Shane Steichen, for the record, has agreed with Gus in the approach of playing back to limit the explosive plays because they just feel like they're going to come if they if they gamble a little too much, if they play too much press coverage, if they try and switch things off with young corners. Uh, they, they just know how this is likely going to go in this league. And, you know, the corner on the other side right now is, a seventh-round rookie in Jalen Jones. There's been moments where he's looked like the five-star player. You know, he was coming out of high school and playing him at Texas A&M. There's times he's looked like a rookie, and, and DeAndre Hopkins really put him in that place. I feel like uh, he's they're both facing a little bit of that rookie wall that happens late in the year that's hard to push through against veteran players. And so, you know, when you look across the league, the teams that tend to really blitz a lot, the levels that fans often want, are teams like the Browns and the Ravens who just happen to have some of the best cover corners in the NFL. I think there's this misconception out there that if you're not great in coverage, you should blitz more so you can like get to the quarterback. Really in the league, the way it often works is that you tend to blitz more when you do have elite coverage, when you can trust those guys on islands and man coverage. Because most quarterbacks are, you know, if you, if you blitz so often that they know it's coming, they're just going to get the ball out even quicker, and you're going to expose these guys in one-on-one situations. And you know, to, to put Jalen Jones or Juju Brents in that spot is just kind of asking to to lose. And so it's a tough balance here where they've wanted the pass rush to overcome, but if they play too far back, they give a cushion. I think Gus can find a better balance with it, and there's some personnel decisions he can get better at. But for the most part, they, they put themselves in this spot by – really not going after any veteran outside cornerback at all. When they've had plenty of time to look at it and dress it, they've wanted to live young there. And part of living young there is being hamstrung in some of these ways. 
Nate Atkins of the Star covers the Colts. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Big one with the Raiders on Sunday, 9 a.m. The ride to kickoff begins with me from the Bullseye Event Center right here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, with all that you just said, do you think at all there are any second thoughts um, um, among those, you know, starting with Chris and, and on down of maybe being more solidified with a level of talent in that secondary? And I know that they they, put, they emphasized that they drafted Juju Brents. I get that. But being more solid and knowing what they felt they had in that secondary instead of going, it, it kind of seems like maybe, all right, we're here and that's great. But if you were to put a little bit more emphasis on that with people that have been there and done that or anybody that have been there and done that, maybe some of these situations could have been rectified we're talking about right now. Is there any second guessing going on in that capacity player personnel-wise? Yeah, I definitely think there is. You know, I think what happened was they got into the spring coming off last year, which they won four games, and they knew they were drafting a rookie quarterback and a first-year head coach. If Stephon Gilmore asked for a trade, and to them that was a window to just sort of embrace an evaluation year for much of the roster and new schemes and a year where they can play younger players and grow and really set themselves up for the future. And what they didn't quite allow for was this coach and this rookie quarterback hitting the ground as well as they did get off to that start where they were 3-2 and two, uh, and they were looking like they could have explosive offense. And we saw the first sign of their regret of how they've been doing things when they decided to sign Jonathan Taylor to a deal that they could have offered him in training camp, but they held off because Chris Ballard said, we won four games last year. And suddenly they realized they were ahead of schedule, so they tried to make the adjustment of running back. Unfortunately for them, the same week he came back, Anthony Richardson went down, which is right before the trade deadline. It's possible that if that doesn't happen and they have Richardson and Taylor healthy together and under contract, Maybe they look to trade for a corner, but I certainly think looking back, if they knew that uh, that Shane was going to deliver this quickly and that uh, you know that Anthony was going to look the way he did early in the season, I think they would have liked to get another veteran option at cornerback, knowing that that when you have such a big hole in such a premium position, it often sinks you from being a playoff contender, and unfortunately. Uh, this has been one of the issues for this front office over the years where they've scouted incredibly well, they draft incredibly well, and they compete, but they too often have one unaddressed premium position that drags them down. In 2021, it was the pass rush. Last season, it was left tackle among many other issues. And unfortunately, this year looks like it's going to be quarterback. So part of it is that they did want to go young there. They knew they had to stock the covers after they hadn't drafted at corner very much. Uh, I think they wanted to avoid a situation where uh, the coaching staff that very much prefers veterans on defense was going to play veterans so much over younger cornerbacks the way they did the year before with Brandon Faison over Isaiah Rogers Sr. So some of it you you can see why they did it, but what they but but the, I think the regret is that if they don't end up making the playoffs this year, the number one reason is going to be to me personnel issues on defense. And that's one where they could have spent a little bit of money, you know, maybe $6 million on a one-year deal to get some quarterback in there who started games and isn't going to freeze up in matchups against a guy like Jamar Chase or T. Higgins the way we saw in Cincinnati. So I do think they're living with a little bit of regret. 
Hey, you know, Nate, what's interesting to me is a lot of people say, and I'm sure you hear this from Colts fans too, and I brought this up, that yeah, the Colts are in a situation now where, you know, this is just playing with house money and you feel confident in the long term. And while hopefully that confidence pays off in the long term, and the reason why Colts fans feel that way is justified, but I was talking to Bill Brooks last week about this very thing. And I said, Bill, it seems like a situation to where in the NFL, you have no idea. There are no promises or guarantees for tomorrow. And we have certainly been privy to that around here with certain storylines, really a myriad of storylines in the past. I mean, you, you take advantage of the situation in which you're in right now because you can't call the future. And that's how I've looked at this. I mean, I'll, I'll be critical. I had expectations build as we got into December, honestly. And then you play off of those expectations. And like last week, you just kind of wonder why, even on a roller coaster ride that we're on with this team, why they so handily across the board played down those expectations against the Atlanta team that looked awful in the rain in Carolina the week prior. And again, this is a situation where you take advantage of the schedule. You take advantage of the teams on that schedule and the position you're in, what's going on in Houston, what's going on in Jacksonville around you, and you play accordingly. Last night, it just, or I should say last Sunday, it didn't feel like they had that going for them, which was, to me, entirely disappointing. Yeah, you know, this team is played just way above their heads as far as what we thought coming into the season yeah. and certainly what was what we thought once Anthony Richardson went down and it was going to be every game with Gardner Minshew, who's very clearly a backup quarterback, and that's usually just not the recipe in a passing league with how young they were at other spots. So the fact that they got to, you know, 7-5 and 8-6, it was like, you know, that, that did get you to start to believe because they'd done it for so many weeks. But I do think that, you know, Water tends to find its level in the league, and we've seen that just over the past three weeks is that really, really, if you look across the board in the season, they their flaws have been evident kind of all season long as far as, you know, outside quarterback issues and youth there, you know, as far as, you know, the, the limitations at quarterback and trying to go down the field and their inability to run against stacked boxes, those have all kind of been there. They just – those tend to – for them, I mean, maybe it's lucky, maybe it's fortunate, but they've all kind of bottled in just a couple of games where they've had those issues pop up, but they've managed to get by in games against, very close games against, you know, the Ravens or the Titans or the Panthers or the Buccaneers or the Patriots. Uh, you know, they, they've managed to do just enough, even though those flaws were kind of there. They've come crashing down to earth in a couple of other games, uh, namely – tend to be games on the road anymore, uh, Jaguars, Bengals, and Falcons, where uh, these these kind of more talented teams have, especially at the areas where they're weak, have tended to, you know, expose them. Uh, Saves were kind of like that, too. So uh, they, they just seem to hit their regression in a couple of games. The problem that for them, though, is we're getting late in the season where when they're relying so much on youth, uh, late in the season tends to be a harder time for those younger players. And so the youth could show up even more. I think that's happened in two of the past three weeks, especially at outside cornerback and at right tackle. So uh, it's just one of those weird years where uh, they, they kind of in the end are uh, in a lot of spots what we thought they'd be, 
but they found a way to sort of play through that. And I think Shane Steichen deserves a lot of credit for managing the season for what it was. And even though those flaws on the roster are there, you know, they still found a way to get to eight and seven and put themselves in a position where they could win one or two more games and get in the playoffs. And however you get to the playoffs, whatever it looked like, you know, who cares? You got there and you earned that chance and these guys would love a chance like that. Hey, Nate, one final quick thing with you. Nate Atkins of the star on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So, is it as simple as saying if you protect the football and work well defensively against the run, this Colts team should beat the Raiders on Sunday? Is it that simple? Uh, that's, that's pretty close. I think in addition to – I think what you really have to do is eliminate explosive plays by the Raiders' defense. So that could be turnovers, and it also can just be some of the crushing sacks that uh, Max Crosby can get in the defense that's playing off of him. Uh, you know, it's a that, – that's sort of – the Raiders scored two touchdowns in like 14 seconds against the Chiefs, and that ended up being 14 of their 20 points on the day. And so you've got to avoid that kind of a situation because – Aiden O'Connell, you know, he, he doesn't scare you even that like a Taylor Heineke or Jake Browning. He's kind of more confident backup, even if they're backup. You know, Josh Jacobs doesn't look like he's going to be able to play. So that side of the ball, they should be able to mostly handle unless Devontae Adams is just too much of a problem, which, which is possible too against young corners. But for the most part, you feel good about that. You you want to eliminate disaster in you know the drop back passing game, and I will also have special teams, which has you know cost them at times this year. The, the Bengals game one stands out. Uh, even last week, jumping upsides on a field goal attempt. Uh, those, those this uh, a low scoring game that's sort of tight like this. That's where special teams can really show up. But pretty much to me, this is a little like the Steelers game where. The one route for the opposing team is that their superstar edge rusher has to wreck the game, and he's fully capable of doing that. So what's the plan for Shane Sykin and the, you know, the, the Colts coaching staff to manage that around Max Crosby? If they can handle it like they did against the Steelers, you know, I don't think they're going to necessarily win 30-13 again, but they should be able to come out uh, this one with a victory because on paper they're the better team. They, they have more ways they can win right now than a Raiders team that – uh, that's as hamstrung as it is with, uh, with Aiden O'Connell. Hey, it's worth noting, Max Crosby and Malcolm Kuntz combined for 128 quarterback pressures this season. That is sixth among any pass rush duo in the NFL. So on either side, wherever they're lined up, they are certainly worthy of recognition. Nate Atkins of the Star covers the Colts on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Nate! Have a great holiday season this weekend. Have a great New Year. We'll catch you in the press box coming up on Sunday as well. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Have me anytime. Nate Atkins of the star of the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pipeline. We got the hockey sticks right here. H E double L H E triple L. Hockey sticks. I like these, man. We got to love that. Hey, by the way, if you've noticed, this place is packed. Doug, is this place packed? This place is packed, isn't it? Ale Emporium on the northeast side in Castleton is our location. I know it. I'm, I'm parked in the Hardy's drive-thru right now. I hope they don't notice. 
up here on the northeast side of Castleton. Hey, we got Colts Raiders tickets to give away Bud Light Blue Friday. Quick break. We'll come back. Tony Donahue from Fans Place is going to join. Talk about them giving away tickets as well. Colts happy hour, top of the hour. I've got a busy weekend, and hopefully you and I have a busy weekend. Hey, Harley D, I need to give away tickets to your New Year's Eve party. Pass this to your New Year's Eve party. Just a random somebody. Would you guys be okay with that? Would Nicole like that and maybe not so much? Just random listeners showing up at your New Year's Eve party? I'm going to give away a pair of tickets to the Harley. I don't know if I'm allowed to do that or not. Somebody may be frowning upon that back at the uh, hell. James, there's nobody back at the station but you right now, is there? I'm pretty Truth much by told, myself back here. You're pretty much a loner back there. Quick break. We'll come back. Ale Emporium. Hey, man, what's, thank you very much for the hockey sticks. I appreciate that. Quick break. Back with you next. The Ride with JMV. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. My man Derek White's in the house, everybody. What's up, D? Better have yourself a fantastic New Year. Dead or alive right there. I believe this is from 1985. You spend me like a record. You spend me right round, baby, round. That's great. That'd be playing coming up on Sunday night to JMV Takeover. Hey, by the way, Ryan joins me here really quick. Uh, you brought me, Ryan, three hockey sticks. Courtesy of USA Hockey right here. Why are you bringing me hockey sticks? Turn on his mic, would you, Dev? Sorry, Dev. There you go. I should have warned you. Go ahead. There we go. I, yeah. So uh, I appreciate you again having me on, but we're uh, USA Hockey. We do uh, learn to play hockey, and we do it right here with the Indianapolis Youth Hockey Association. Yeah. And they send us these sticks to encourage more players to get involved, and it's a good way to promote. And I wanted you to have them and share with whoever you thought. Oh, man, that's awesome. Thank you yeah. very much. This is cool as heck, too. Thank now you. you're on your way to Ryan. We're going to the fuel game tonight. I've got some of the eight-year-olds uh, getting out during the first. Actually, we're going to play in the second intermission. We'll have a little game there. Uh, about three minutes long, so they can showcase their skills before the Zamboni cuts the ice. And, uh, and tonight is a really great night. I know the tickets are almost sold out. They may have sold out since I've talked, but uh, they have um, unlimited hot dogs, popcorn, and chips for free. For, really? Yeah, they do a great job promoting down there and bringing fans. It should be sellout crowd tonight. And then tomorrow we're playing number two in the standings, which will be Fort Wayne Comets. Yeah, so you know. is that still is that still as big a rivalry as it was it back is. in the day? The Comets are a great yeah. organization. They're yeah. tough. They're always a tough matchup, but uh, hopefully we'll get their number tomorrow night. And then there's plenty of tickets for tomorrow night. And again, there's probably still a couple standing room only tickets available this for tonight's game. So if you uh, get online or or can get on there quickly, get out there and we'll support the team, and and you'll see some great eight year olds. I also, if you don't mind, I want to throw a shout out, little yeah. Anthony Deerdorf on. Wednesday night, one of my players that I've been coaching since he was four years old, and his dad's a great guy. He's a coach, uh, Anthony Sr. But Anthony Jr. shot the puck from center ice on uh, Wednesday and made the shot, and he won himself a year worth of free sub sandwiches. So, uh, Whoa, <laughs> yeah. that's well done right yeah. there so for Anthony. Great, great week for hockey, and uh, uh, our U16 team, our 16-year-olds, have just won the CCM tournament, Invitational up in Chicago. That's the largest youth hockey tournament, and they were the first team in Indiana that's ever won that tournament. So. Are we impressing your girlfriend over there? I hope so. Is I hope impressed? so. I'm trying. That's Carrie with make, a C. <laughs> is that Carrie with a C? Are you making points right there now? I hope so. The, the, the background of this is, you told me this, Ryan, a little bit earlier, 
that you knew each other 30 years ago. You evidently didn't have enough game uh-huh. for Kerry with a C yes. 30 years ago. But now, 30 years later, that game is there. What's happened? Well, have you I, matured? I have. I, I think uh, I had to work on the game, and I think a lot of coaching's helped me. So, and, uh, Yeah, you think so? I hope so. <laughs> she's very smitten over there. Yeah, we're now. having a lot of fun. So, yeah, but she's going to go to the game with us. And, very smitten. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Carrie, 30 years, that's true? Took me, took me 30 years, but here we are. So. What was she, like three? Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, come on I know. now. I know, I tell There's her every no day. Yeah, There's nobody no way. There's no way she's 30 years old. Nobody believes, yeah, okay. nobody believes that See, she's... that's part of your game right there, brother. That, I'm trying to help you out. Did you have a good holiday? Um, no, it kind of sucked. Oh. It was okay. It was somewhere between suck and all right. All right. Yeah. Well. So I, I, I got sick, and it kind of went to suck, and then I got better, and it went to all right. So... Well. I made cornbread, so that was oh, all, right. all right. So, and then suck, you know. Okay. A right. lot of medicine over the counter, so my blood pressure is probably skyrocketed right now. Well, probably, uh, I'm probably got a slot machine working right here inside my chest. Other than that, I think so. no, actually, it was really good. I'm sure so it really was. was. Ryan, good to hey, see I you. Appreciate Thank it. you Thank for the you hockey sticks. Yeah, I, I Enjoy not. date night with Carrie with a C after 30 years. Yes, I will. And please check out IYHA.com. Did you guys go on a date 30 years ago? Uh, no, I asked. You never went? No, she, she didn't. <laughs> I'm spilling some of the beans here. I'm just curious. So, 30 yeah. years ago. So what was that? 90? It was uh, 92, I think. 92? When we, somewhere around that area. Yeah, when we were in school. But uh, hey, to think. I had to practice. I had to get Did you not play any slow jams for her back then or anything like that? You know, back then I uh, I wasn't the, into the music scene like she was. But well, I'm mint condition. Oh, yeah. There Pretty we go. Pretty brown. Eyes. Ooh, see? We'll listen to that. I on know. The way. If they don't have to look at me, I've got game. But when they look at me, they go, oh, hell. <laughs> Wait a minute. It sounded so good good and then i had to get a gander at it and it's that, all over that's, that's how it the works. story of my life thank hey, you Ryan. i appreciate the time that. and if i can real quick please yes. go to indianapolis youth hockey association check out the junior fuel we have learned to play hockey two classes every week you sign up for the month my sister's a coach i'll be out there some of the times and uh we take kids from age four years old up to 17 so uh, check out iyha.com speaking of having game yager's still playing so why not you i know hey I'm there. team usa just beat uh <laughs> Chechia this morning, and so we're uh, we got to beat Slovakia on the 31st, and then uh, that's the juniors, the IIHF. I played NHL '94, and I had Yager, Lemieux, and Tom Barrasso was my goalie. Well, how did you get beat? Huh? You never got beat. because I I'd always play. We'd play with the offsides off. Oh. And Jeremy Roenick was stinking unstoppable. He had that left right move. I, I mean, yeah. he was just up and down the ice, yeah. just whatever, whenever he wanted to do it. Well, so, Connor yeah. Bedard is now the guy to watch, as you know. Uh, so. Ryan, I appreciate you, so you man. That's a Ryan right here from USA Hockey. Kerry with a C. Great to meet you as well. With these three hockey sticks. That's awesome right there. Thank you very much, Ryan. Have a great night tonight. Hey, we're at the Ale Emporium on a Bud Light Blue Friday. Tony Donahue, well, fans place coming up. We'll do that on the other side here. We'll leave a little bit of time for Tony coming up, too. I did want to mention this. Scott Yaney, friend of the show, was watching the Pacers, as most of us, I'm sure, either watching or listening last night. And, and Yaney did reach out to me a little bit earlier with regard to what I was talking about Isaiah Jackson. Got the 10-second rule called on him last night while at the free throw line. I believe that to be in the third quarter of that game in Chicago. Yanny pointed out, I counted eight seconds on that Jackson violation. The refs made some egregious calls. Now, I mentioned that was the scrub group. What's the guy's name? Ben, ben Gardner? What's the third official on the crew last night? His name's Ben something. He sucks beyond suck. I mean, he is terrible. So I think his name is Ben. Sometimes i got to get the names right if I want to tell them they suck. 
but he, he normally sucks. I can just look at his face. He looks, he looks, I mean, he just kind of looks douchey. So you know what I'm talking about. But the refs made some egregious calls last night. This according to Yaney against the Pacers. Uh, getting Nimhart out of the starting lineup. There's been a major change, as you know, in that starting lineup. And in fact, I think it's led to the good things, at least against Houston and against Chicago last night. But the reason why I bring this up is Giannis, who is known for taking more than 10 seconds at the free throw line. And certainly last time we saw the Pacers and the Bucks. I think he was at the free throw line most of the stinking game. If you remember, I bring that up because the Pacers have the Knicks in town coming up tomorrow night at 7. But then they go back to back. Ring in 2024 on the first New Year's Day. Actually, this will be New Year's Day evening at 8 o'clock. That's on the road in Milwaukee. And then on the third, a Wednesday night encounter as they go back to back. Milwaukee and Giannis back in town on the third at seven o'clock against the Pacers. So we shall watch and count Giannis when he takes his probably 37 trips to the free throw line coming up both on New Year's Day and next Wednesday as well as the Pacers bring in 2024 going back to back with the Bucks. And the Bucks Monday and Wednesday of next week. Between that time, the Knicks, as I mentioned, coming up tomorrow night. That's at 7 o'clock at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. All right, quick break. We'll come back. Tony Donahue, a fan's place. How you can win tickets to the game on Sunday. Bud Light Blue Friday. My friends from Zinc all over there having a great time. I got to thank them. Love my friends at Zinc and love seeing you out here as well. Ale Emporium on the northeast side. Allisonville Road in Castleton. Devin, the onside engineer, back of the studio. You got that right. It's James. I'm JMV, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. He's my best friend. He's my pal. He's my homeboy, my rotten soldier. He's my sweet cheese, my good time boy. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, the JMV takeover reentry is from Mint Condition, and this is for Ryan, from Ryan to Kerry on their way to the fuel game tonight. Kerry with a C. After 30 years when he screwed it up and couldn't get the job done, now the job is done right. Crank it up for me, James. Mint Condition, everybody. This is Billy. Good to see you, Billy. Thank you, James. For Ryan and Kerry with a C right there. Hey, Tony, bring it on over here. Fans Place giving away tickets just like we are with our friends at Zinc and a Bud Light Blue Friday at the Ale Emporium here in Castleton on Allisonville Road. There is no better way to celebrate the end, the final weekend of 2023, than doing it with here with us. I'm going Hermanaki. I'm going actually Hermanaki boneless. And the Hermanaki boneless salad. For those of us like me that are watching our figure, <laughs> is absolutely spectacular. Is Tony that a Donahue, New Year's resolution coming up? It is not. Okay. It is, well, see, I got sick for two days, and I lost five pounds. This happens and once a year to I you. I love getting sick. and If I, if I get yeah. sick, I want to make sure I lose weight. Yeah. There's no better weight loss than me getting sick. It also keeps you off the basketball mono. court, though, which we know you mono. hate. I mono. Well, yeah. You don't want mono. Come on. I need mono because no. I lost like 10 pounds once with mono. That was like the best when weight loss When did you have ever. mono? 
1987. March yeah. of 1987. I had mono, and in fact, I with mono. Um, unfortunately, went and watched Bedford North Lawrence in the semi-state at Robert Stadium in Evansville. And I believe they were playing Southridge, I want to say, in 1987. So you, Southridge or Bossy, one of the two. You remember so I, the exact... I my mono everywhere back in 1987. Bossy played today in that Fishers tournament I went to. Yeah. So you know exactly when you had mono back in 1987. Oh, March of 1987. But you have no clue what, a, what your password is, no, uh, directions not, to get home from here. Like, I need to log in um, to a couple of things as far as my insurance. I have no idea how You're to still spending in. like $1,000 a month on DirecTV? Yes. Man. Isn't that ridiculous? You should. You got to. And I hate on call. them all the time, too. Like, they're all worried about, they're all worried about, yeah, you know, this is 13's fault. And 13 or Techno, wherever they are, they counter with, well, this is DirecTV's fault. Yeah. And I said, listen here, jackasses. I don't care. I'm the one. We're the ones that are suffering right now. We're paying yeah. for a product we, we don't get. So get your ass in gear and give it back to us. Read the tweets that come in every day of people <laughs> bitching and complaining that they can't watch the Pacer game because DirecTV's not uh, on board with whether it's Channel 13 or Channel 8 or it's always Valley the Sports. It's always, and it happens they every year. They all suck. They it happens also. every year. See, I'm missing. I haven't seen Dave Collette. I haven't seen Anthony Calhoun, honestly, in five years. I don't even know if Anthony is. Is he still working with? Yeah, I have I no see idea. AC. I did a lot of high school games this year. I see AC. I have not because Collab. I haven't had direct, direct TV. I haven't wished TV Channel 8 in like five years. Well, true story. I'll give AC some credit. They actually still do sports. There's a lot of uh, local TV where <laughs> you're not even going to get any sports. They've got Dave Calabro talking to people at grocery stores, giving them good news. I mean, Ooh, I give AC some credit. He Elise is out there yeah. at, at high school games. Well, and in 13, they only give Dave like two seconds. Yeah, they're like, they go, all right, hey, collaborate. Hey, we need a good story, Dave. Go out and get it. Here's your two seconds. Yeah, here's your two Let's, seconds go between back to traffic weather for the and weather. Yeah. So, hey, fans place, tell people yeah. how they can win. So Colts coming up to uh, the end of the year here. We still have tickets for next week's game. Hop in our contest. Totally free to play. Um, sponsored by Bud Light. We appreciate everybody at Zinc as always. Uh, but hop in. we got tickets to give away for that last home game. You're going to answer 10 questions. Uh, if you're not going to the game on Sunday, check into some of our awesome bars locally here like Ale Emporium. We'll give you cash back off of your bill. Uh, we've got a Ooh. cool bowl game contest going on right now where you can win cash money. And the app, the Fans Place, always free to play. Uh, we're never going to charge you anything. Just download the app, answer some questions on the upcoming contest, and have some fun with us. I heard Jake talking about this on Crayon Company a little bit earlier. Does Indy need a bowl? Do we need a, an annual bowl game? Well, okay, would you rather have an annual bowl game or try to be in that rotation for the national championship Why game every four years? Uh, right? You could. Mike Fox down there, they can do a quick change better than quick change Canada Pacer game. What would your uh, what would your bowl game be, be called? What would you like it to be called? If, if, if Lucas Oil Stadium hosted a bowl game. Yeah. I'd go. I don't care if it's like well, six I mean, and wait, six you got, Ohio you versus. You bring in a major, you bring in a major advertiser right yeah. here. But the Seattle's bowl, is that what, does Lily... Is that Cialis for Lily? Is that what they do? Cial the Cialis Bowl. The Cialis Bowl. It's on the rise. Yeah. See, I like that's there good. Go. Like, that's already yeah. already going. It could be we, six and six for six and six. So you can talk about mediocre, and then it your mediocre life at home in the bedroom. You use Cialis. There you go. Have we presented this idea to the Indiana Sports Corp? Yeah. And I can be the pitch man right here. I'll pitch How, it how many times have colleges should have called us about the hiring of their coach oh, instead of spending goodness. millions of dollars? We've got the Hoosier Bowl planned yeah. out, brought to you by Cialis. 
Can't wait for it. Hey man, it's going to be great. Eddie Fogler had just cornered the market on the That's whole all we need. consultation for all coaches and doing the jobs for ADs out there. I'm in for it. In the past. All right, how, how can people sign up for Fans Place? To yeah, get just uh, download the Fans Place app in the Google Play Store or the Apple iStore. Um, check it out. We have it on Twitter as well, at the underscore fans underscore place. Get in. It's free to play. Local sports prediction app. We're a tech starts company. We do Pacer contests. Every Pacer game, Colts contest. We'll have some awesome great prizes coming up as well. How was your Christmas? It was good. I went down and made my mom sick. Um, so yeah, she's sick going around like right I now. Was. Yeah, so uh, it was good. And she's got a lot of stray dogs at her house. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. And um, I came back. And uh, You Lenny, still have that cat? Uh, I still have yeah, Zeke. Yeah. He's Zeke. a complete, you know, I can't even A-hole. say. Oh, my gosh. That happens. He is so awful. It happens. He is um, terrible, and the only person he likes, well, I mean, he likes everybody, but he likes me the best. Which, made an appearance on, didn't, yeah. didn't he make an appearance on Fox 59 a few weeks ago? Me? No, the cat. Didn't Zeke come through one no, day? No, no, it was like last year. He was oh. trying to, he was he was up on the mantle, yeah. and he was trying to hit me in the head, and he fell off, served him right, then he fell off the mantle. I heard, I didn't, uh, I didn't even know because it was going on behind me. I so heard I'm going to have a second career as a driver ed instructor. Is this true? You want to do a little Blake T driver's ed? Can, yeah. I think Blake would that like that because I think he feels too much pressure from me or, or Christy doing it. So, ride along. So, we well, just going to find out. If there's we, any IndyCar teams out there listening, we, JMV's son, Blake T, has been designing IndyCars just as a fun hobby on his phone. Yeah. So, we need to get an IndyCar team, Ed Carpenter, to design – We'll have Blake T design a car for next year, a livery for next year's 500. Yeah. We'll get Ed on like, board. You like his livery design? He was showing yeah. me all of them a couple weeks ago when we went for your birthday to back nine. You think, uh, you think Ed would be up for that? Well, he did put a JMV suck sticker on the car was, one time and got his best career finish wheel. at the Indianapolis 500, yep. so why not? put it underneath the wheel. Yep. He'd want if he'd like put it in a prominent spot. Ed, Ed can call us. We'll, <laughs> we'll take Christian Rasmussen's car, and we'll have, we'll have Blake, Blake T put up a livery. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Sell some T-shirts. Probably, we'll get the shop stuck. on board to sell some T-shirts. That'd be fine. He would, he would love that, though. He does, be awesome. He is uh, as big an IndyCar fan as, as you are right there. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's we can get cool. the listeners to donate. Yeah. It'll be fine. Everybody nice have a good time. for Blake too, right there. But, yeah. yep. Yeah, he's going through that, so he's going to need your help on that. Are you doing any games here? Um, I did go to the Fishers tournament today. Yep. Portage, my alma mater, played that number one Fishers. Fishers. Fishers smoked him. I'm going to tell you what. In 4A, it is absolutely loaded. I'll say this about Fishers. bottom, loaded. They're not a Fishers sexy team, but, man, they yep. are. They don't turn over well, the basketball. The, they are very fundamentally sound, and they get a, they get great looks right. You know, you and I don't go in the paint when we, when we play uh. basketball, but – uh, Fishers, they've got some depth. They got some height. They 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 get a lot of baskets right at the rim. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, Fishers. Yep. Kokomo. Yeah. I mean, the defending champion, Ben Davis Giants. Yeah, they're still trying to. Yeah, they're, what, they're seven, still talented. They're seventh yeah. right now. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, mean, I did. Uh, I think CG. I think Center Grove's pretty good. Uh, I think Center Grove and Franklin actually yes, pretty good. Adrian Franklin, Moss yep. is the coach down in Franklin. He's got something going on. He and Mike Armstrong with the yep. girls and the boys down there have something going on. I've too. got. Uh, I've got Rose Holman next week. I've I've been doing all the Rose Holman basketball you. games. That's good. Down in kind of where you used to yeah. used to tear some things up, but not quite. No, it's on uh, the east eastern portion of uh, Terre Haute, right there, uh, out on US 40. So Purdue's the best team in the state right now. Is Indiana State number two? 
Well, I mean, we'll find out a little bit about tomorrow. I, I've, I've been hesitant to hype them up. I, I can't help myself because it's my alma mater, yeah. and, and rarely do they ever get any hype or love. But I, I don't know if it's just me thinking I don't want to overhype them because tomorrow they get Michigan State on the road. It's a big test. And that's, that's a big deal. It's a big deal for them. I mean, their biggest deal is going to be winning the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. So we're going to go to St. Louis? One bid league. One bid league. But yeah. I, I want to see, for the sake of Sycamore Nation out there, including me, I want to see them do something special at the Breslin yeah. Center tomorrow. I, I think they're capable of it. But you just don't get tested as much as you need to. I mean, this is like ho-hum for Michigan State. Michigan State, by yeah. the way, struggled a little bit. Yeah, they haven't had a great season. Yeah. But you look, you're you right. It's a one big lead out of yeah. the Missouri Valley Conference. But there's always, there's always two or three teams that probably deserve to go to the tournament. And they always make noise in the NIT. There's always yeah. it's like Northern Illinois. Sometimes it's Bradley. Bradley had a good year last season. So uh, we'll have to go down to that dump to Scott Trade Center in St. Louis if they make it to the finals again. <laughs> it is a dump, man. It Wait, is a was, dump. That was brutal. That is for real. All right, fans place before we go. Remind folks how they can. Yep, we got them. Colts tickets for the last game of the year next year next weekend, which is great. Um, download the fans place app. Totally free to play. Would love to have you. You can check it out on my Twitter timeline at Tony D um, at the underscore fans underscore place and uh, we've got some more contests coming up we're giving away cash prizes for yeah. the bowl games coming up on uh, monday trip to light fantastic this Thanks. weekend i Thanks, will brother. Nice appreciate that. thank you very much tony donnie you a fan's place right there uh shout to zinc my friends at zinc i love them very much and so they know it bud light blue friday we'll draw for those tickets the raiders of the colts game coming up too love seeing everybody here we're going to continue to be here because colts happy hour is next remember 9 a.m sunday morning the ride to kick off with me at the Bullseye Event Center with bullseyeeventgroup.com, 9 a.m. on Sunday morning. JMV Takeover, 6 o'clock on Sunday night as we ring in the new year together on B105.7 Sunday evening. Up next, live from the Ale Emporium on a Bud Light Blue Friday, it is Colts Happy Hour. Don't go anywhere.